So right about now, it is time for you to get ready for the show. All right, welcome to episode 115 of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone, coming at you live a couple days before you're hearing this, <laughs> with another Iron Maiden story. And this Iron Maiden story is actually somebody that Matt has met too, right, Matt? Good evening. <laughs> oh, hello. I forgot to introduce yeah. you. <laughs> Good, thanks. How are you? <laughs> oh, doing great. Doing great. How are you? <laughs> Good. Good. But no, I did get to meet Chris, so that would be a first. It's the first time I've met someone who's done their story, other than yourself, who hasn't done a story. I haven't done a story yet. But I feel like I know the story. You've met yourself, too, so. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so, yeah, his story, and we recorded it, I think you were asking me, and I think it's been about a month ago. It's been roughly a month. It's, it's uh, The next one that will be coming out was recorded on December 6th. I know that. So it was probably toward the very end of December. So no, I was I was trying to remember when I was down your way. Yeah, and I can't remember when that. Well, show you were was down like, uh, the end six, of you were at uh, Halloween. Was that what it was? It was too, wasn't it? Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, and it was. It's been. It was probably a month after that. So at least so or close to it. So mm. anyway, uh, Chris's Iron Maiden story, which is, uh, I have a feeling that he will upset some people with some of his comments. He. Almost upset and upset, not upset. He almost upset me to a degree, you know, irritated me is probably a better word for it. But at the same time, I respect everybody's opinion. It's not this deal where if you don't like what I like, I'm going to be pissed off and, and sit there and argue about it. I mean, ultimately, we all love Iron Maiden. Some, some love, some of us love the Paul Diano Iron Maiden more than we love the Bruce Iron Maiden. And, you know, while I don't totally get that, it's cool. You know, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, I think he's going to have some opinions that'll probably uh, frustrate some people. But Ruffle, it, ruffle the feathers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, this this episode has been up on my Patreon for a while, and I got a comment from uh, one of my Patreon listeners and he, or subscribers or whatever you call them, and he said that he thought the story was really interesting because Chris talks a lot about music. And playing the music. So that makes it, which is a really cool spin on it, you know? So, but um, we're going to get into what we've been listening to and podcasts. And and I have a question for you as well. So um, what did you listen to in the past week, Matt? In the past week. So for me, this was more of a, a music week than a podcast week, as it turned out. So I got through a few different things. Um, I started off with some Sacred Reich. Okay, which ever, album? Well, I listened to a couple. Uh, okay. So, Independence. Did you ever have a listen to Ooh, that? I liked Independent. That's a good you one. You did? And it's Independent. 
Oh, uh, that's right. I'm independent. independent. I'm thinking Independence, the city that's here, sorry. Independent. <laughs> so I know this came out in 93 and I brought, I bought, sorry, I didn't brought, I bought <laughs> this CD back in the day. Yeah. And I know I tried to listen to it a few times and I couldn't get into it. I think I like the song Independent. Yeah. And pretty much nothing else. And I must have seen something written somewhere. I was like, oh, I'll go pull this out for whatever reason that just gelled. So, you know, almost oh, 30 man. years later, I've liked it. Ooh, I like that album a lot. That's uh-huh. a really good album. It's, it's diverse, you know? It There's- is. So what else did you listen to by them? The American Way. So I went back. I don't even know what year it is. I know that that's before- I think that's 87. <clears throat> it is? Uh, I, okay. I believe. Could be wrong. So, And I actually had the, the good fortune to have seen them once. Um, they come out supporting Sepultura, okay. and it must have been- Around the mid '90s, thereabouts, and I remember I really enjoyed that. It was they were loud, uh, or Sepultura <laughs> were, because I know that after that show, um, I came out and I was deaf in one ear for two days. Like I could not hear. Oh, that's the show you told me about. Yeah, I remember. Oh, that. did I? Oh, I, I, I remember you saying, "Has that happened more than once?" No, no. <laughs> okay, I remember. I do remember you telling me a story about that. Yeah, after two days, I started to get a bit concerned, but I come back on the <laughs> third day. There was no ringing. There was nothing. There was just nothing in there. Wow. So that was my little part of Sacred Reich that I had a bit of a listen to. Nice. And Gamma Ray. I don't know I've, if that rings I've a bell heard, I've heard the name. It's uh, Kai Hansen's band when he left Halloween. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he, he went and formed them. So I went and listened to Land of the Free. That was another thing where I'd bought that and I didn't like it at the time. And a couple of years later, I got back into it. And I still like that now. I listen to it a fair bit. Can I ask you a question? You can. Kai Hansen, did he sing on the first Halloween album, Walls of Jericho? Yes, he did. Okay, okay, okay. And then it was Michael Kiske. Right, right. Okay. Uh, Saxon, I'd seen some things written about them, so I was like, oh, I'll go give that a bit of a listen. Like, I knew a little bit of Saxon, but not a lot. <laughs> so, what do you think of them? I've I've never been, I've tried to listen to them, and I just, they don't do anything for me. I don't know if it's the singer's voice or not. Yeah, I, I, let me add, let me add this because I talked to I don't know if I'll call him your friend or not, but I I will refer to him as the same way that you'll know him as the most hated man in podcast land. I, <laughs> he, I talked to him on the phone yesterday for a bit, and he pulled up probably the same thing that you read that brought Saxon to your mind. The little quote where he supposedly said that ah. their albums were just as good as number you know the, the Iron Maiden stuff, and I feel like that because uh, Feck posted that. And my comment after I read the article was, I think he's just basically saying he likes what he does. He's proud of what he's done. And he classifies it up there with that. I don't think he's going, well, we're just as good as Iron Maiden. I don't think he's like, I don't think it was like a a jab at them. I'm sure, you know, I mean, you wouldn't be doing it. He was, you think they were doing that in the seventies, right? Because they were slugging along the same time Iron Maiden was. Yeah. Yeah. And to still be doing that. 40 plus years later, you have to believe in what you're doing. So I think, I think it was just him saying he believes in what he's doing and that he feels it's as strong as number of the beast. And I don't have any problem. I had no problem with him saying that, but I don't think it's as strong as number of the beast though. I'll let me say that as well. No, I mean, I've listened to different songs. And I couldn't tell you what albums that they're off because they're on a, a playlist and whatnot, mm-hmm. but I, I listened to denim and leather because I know that's a, a pretty popular album and I <laughs> yeah. didn't mind it. Like, I know I get what you mean. Yeah. about his vocals, because sometimes he's got that vibrato in his voice that I don't really care for. Yeah. But for the most part, I'd, I don't know if I'd say this is a metal album. It just seemed like a hard rock. 
like a heavy rock, not like a metal album. Like I, I couldn't compare Maiden to this. Sure. I come away thinking that. But you don't need to. I, I still didn't mind it. I thought it was okay. Well, let me add this too. Uh, Don McIntyre had said, his quote I thought summed it up really well on Twitter about it. He said that he always, he said, I've tried to get into Saxon multiple times and I, it's never, I've never, it's never taken. He said he felt like they were always kind of like a second tier band. Mm-hmm. Like, and I like the, the one I, the comparison I came up with was like, if you compare Guns N' Roses to LA Guns. Gotcha. Because I like Guns N' Roses. I like, let me refer, I like some Guns N' Roses. I like the Appetite and I like some of the Illusion albums. And LA Guns, I, there's a couple of two or three other albums that I really like a lot, but there's a noticeable difference kind of like you, there's just a, there's just something, a, a certain tangible thing that Guns N' Roses had that LA Guns didn't have. So I don't know, but that's what I, when, it, when I read that, I thought that's, even though I, I like both of those, I've never, I just never liked Saxon. I've never heard anything that I've liked by them. No, I mean this wasn't a bad album. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't call it metal. I couldn't compare it the same way to Maiden. I would call Maiden metal, and this was just kind of hard rock, heavy rock, which doesn't matter. Do you remember? Did you ever watch that metal show with Eddie Trunk? I did. Did you ever see the episode with Biff from Saxon on it? Oh, I don't. So remember that one? If you if you saw it, you would remember it because Marilyn Manson was on as well, and and Marilyn Manson just seemed very full of himself. You know, just mm-hmm. like like I'm the coolest guy in the whole wide world, and I remember that that Biff guy comes on, and all I remember him is going, like he he just keeps interrupting while they're talking and keeps saying stuff like he feels like they they have to hear what he wants to you know what he's saying or whatever. And I just remember him going, "Dude, denim and leather, man. I mean, denim and leather, like something like that." And that was just like that was just, like he it's like you could. You felt like he didn't know anything about that band except that they had an album called Denim and Leather. <laughs> and yeah. it was just, I just remember just that always, as soon as you said Denim and Leather, that's what I think of Marilyn Manson saying it. Sorry. Were you, a, Man- were you a Manson fan? Um, I liked the one song called The Beautiful People. I thought that was yeah, pretty, I liked you know, that. I liked that's, that. that was a cool song that rocked. But that was when they were pretty new for me. I didn't know who they were except for yeah. that song. And I just never have tried too hard. I've listened to a little bit, nothing really, you know. Didn't it didn't grab me? So they had something. Oh, I'm trying to think what it was. I saw them uh, play a, a festival, a big day out in Perth, back in the 90s, mm-hmm. and you know, because he comes with a lot of controversy, and that oh, was yeah. kind of why I was curious to see what it was going to be like. And I come away really enjoying his show. I didn't expect to, and I, I bought a couple of his albums and didn't mind. I've listened to him for a long time. Uh, someone, world. Someone told me the other day. I don't know who I was talking to about that. But they said that they were was at who who told me this? Someone said they were at a show and they got to go for free. You know, someone was just like, "Hey, I'll buy the tickets if you'll go." And they went mm-hmm. and saw. Him, and Marilyn Manson was there, and he said that guy can really sing. He, he surprised he, me. Yeah, he so. played half a show. <laughs> he ended up because oh, there's idiots there, and because there was people that were deliberately going there to cause trouble. Sure. And there was people there who wanted to see, and there was people there that were just curious. Yeah. And the people that were there to cause the trouble did got what they wanted, <laughs> and because they were throwing bottles and stuff. Yeah. And he warned the crowd, he's like, you know, keep it up, and we're out of here. And he did it. And that's but what I they enjoyed. wanted. <laughs> that's what they wanted. They just thought, and, oh, um, we're on the right track. <laughs> yeah. They got rid of him, and um, yeah. But you know, I went out and bought a couple of albums the next 
within the next couple of days or so, and I really enjoyed them. And I can't, yeah. it had the dope show on it. I can't think what it's called now, but that and the, the beautiful people one. Okay. Yeah. Anything uh, else? But a, yeah, oh, there was lots. Oh, boy. <laughs> so to, to tear through it. Tear through so, it. So Europe, the War of Kings from about five, five or six years, five years ago. Okay. Another band I was lucky enough to see because I really liked them growing up. And okay. they were very, very good live. Okay. That's what I've I went heard. Back. Yep. They were good. Joey's got a good voice. Another Joey, Anthrax. So not Bush Thrax. Album. Spreading the Disease. Ooh. Really like that Excellent one. Excellent album. Now, I don't know if you like this one, Kill Switch Engage. I think I've talked to you about them before. I've never, yeah, I, I listened a little bit. It didn't do anything for me. It does a bit for me. Um, so I listened to their self-titled one from 2009. I still like that. Uh, oh, okay. I went back and listened to some Maiden over a couple of days. No prayer for the dying. Okay, and I come away feeling pretty decent about that. I didn't mind it. It's a good one. Um, What was the other one I listened to? I went and listened to Fear of the Dark. That was it. Ooh, not bad. Sorry about that. (laughs) I listened to one of yours. I was hoping you were going to go. Ah, what was that? What was that one I listened to that I have never listened to before? Oh yeah, Senjutsu. (laughs) No, 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 it wasn't that. Okay, but this would be probably a good springboard into that now. But it won't happen. Not anytime soon, I can think of. But anyway, um, I didn't mind it. So, Be Quick or Be Dead. I like that song anyway, so that's a good start. And then into one of your favorites, Mm, Here to Eternity. What would be the worst song on any other Iron Maiden album? I I listened to that song twice in a row, deliberately. Mm -hmm. And if you could get away from that little gang vocal part, then I don't mind. You can't, because it's all over the song. And this the lyrics, true. the lyrics, those are the, that song has the worst lyrics Iron Maiden's ever written in a she song. She wiped his kickstart clean. And and especially <laughs> thinking, you know, this isn't, you know, I get it if like Prowler and Charlotte the Har, the, the lyrics are a little crass. That yes. was their very first album. This is 12 years into your career and you're a multi-platinum headlining stadiums artist at this point. That's almost what you'd expect from a Gene Simmons lyric. She fell in I love remember. with this greasy machine, you know? <laughs> yeah. So. Um, what was I going to say? But I remember reading something about how, was this them trying to be like ACDC or something like that? Like an ACDC kind of hmm. lyric or. Yeah. And I didn't care because, you know what? Sometimes I can just get by on the vocal melodies and I don't have to, to get into the lyrics. And so I was like, you know, it's not as bad as what I thought it was. I would that rather song. listen to The Angel and the Gambler than listen to that. Oh, do you know what? Sometimes I can do Angel and the Gambler, and I don't really I don't like do Angel and the Gambler either. I just, I just, this is that's the only way I can say because people think that's the worst song ever. So nah. I have to say, I think that I think that from here to eternity is the worst Iron Maiden song ever recorded. You know who's going to remember when you say this in a year's time? What was Good. I trying to think of that was the worst? Remember it, remember oh. it, Kirsty. <laughs> Hello, Kirsty. <laughs> Write it down. Remember to quote a line from a movie that I can't quote all the line from. Write it down. Take a picture. I don't give a <laughs> truck. <laughs> so, yeah, Fear of the Dark, No Fear for the Dying. We're moving on. Have uh, you ever seen that go. movie, Friday? Yeah, I like that. Oh, actually. God, that movie. You so got knocked out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, some Ghost. Okay. Because uh, I was in one of those moods where I didn't want something heavy and I didn't want to go down to the Thompson Twins. Mm, so, you yeah. know, somewhere in the middle, I like a bit of Ghost. So yeah. that was... I can never say this. Infanticism. I can't do it, but. Infanticism? I don't know. I don't know how you would say that. 
Infest is Umam. I okay. can't say it. But if you like Ghosts, you'll probably get the the gist of what I'm trying to say. Another one of your favorite bands. Uh-oh. Oh, wait, is it uh, Volbeat? <laughs> is that one of your favorite bands? I thought that was one of yours. <laughs> no, no, no. Not yet. Probably. Uh, no. Uh, some Dio. I went back and I started with Holy Diver and then went into Last in Line and Sacred Heart. And I was like, you know what? I might even try and do a little bit of Rainbow. Okay. But then I was like, nah, I got out of that pretty quick. Okay. Wasn't doing much for me. And that, you know what? That's probably about it. As far as the full albums that I was listening to, that was it for the week. So I got through a little bit this week. Enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've I went through quite a bit as well. And it didn't start out that way, but it kind of finished that way. So I'll rifle through some of it because some of it I'll give a little more time. But uh, I listened to uh, the Damn Yankees self-titled album once mm-hmm. early in the week. Uh, I I ordered this little uh, tribute book for Mike Howe from Metal Church. And the book came in and I was kind of looking through it a little bit. And after I looked through it a little bit, I just was like, I need something. I need I need to turn on Damn Yankees again because I felt a little down after I kind of looked through some of it because it's just sad, you know. And um, so I listened to that early in the week. I listened to a uh, because for let's see, I listened to the tribute, the live album, the Ozzy Osbourne Randy Rhodes tribute album, which is uh, I wanted to listen to some Randy. I like that. Uh, I listened to now I I was talking to a friend of mine, and I I was telling you there's this app, and I I don't know if it's a worldwide app or whatever, but it's called Shazam, and I'll always Shazam random songs if I'm somewhere and it's like a song from the eighties, you know, and I'll go, who is this? And I'll, or I'll just do it to remember it later. So the other night I was going through years of Shazams and you can go in there and hit play and it'll play part of the song. So I played this one song and I thought, you know, I've never really disliked anything I've heard on the radio by this band. So I wonder if it's worth a deep dive. Is there, is there, are the deep cuts on this album going to be on their albums worth it? You know, are they, like when I did a deep dive on Steely Dan once, and I was blown away by how many great deep cuts they had. Surprisingly, so this, yeah, I was really I was shocked because mm-hmm. I thought I like all the radio stuff. You know, it's it's not what I normally listen to, but I, I like you know the the big uh, choruses and things like that. So with this band, it's definitely not that, but it's this band called Depeche Mode, which I played you a little bit last week, and they were pretty big here. I don't know how big they were around the world, but. I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine uh, that I talked to maybe twice a year recently. And, and and this is like her favorite band growing up. So I, I was telling her, I said, you know, I, I heard this one song. And so I said, if you were going to recommend an album by this band to just grab you, to grab somebody and pull them in, what would it be? And so she recommended two albums, uh, which I listened to both of this week. One was called Music for the Masses which I had never heard a song off of it. And I didn't, that one really didn't do a lot for me. And the second one was called violator, which I've heard of that one. And I think that one came out in 90. The other one was like 87. And there was like three songs on violator that I had heard of. Um, and I was, I, I made it, I listened to the album almost twice. I got toward the end of the second list and I just got to where I was like, ah, I don't want to listen to this anymore. And, then I went and pulled out something that would really surprise you. I turned on uh, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath by Black Sabbath. <laughs> oh, didn't, didn't see that one coming. Yeah, I couldn't see that one from uh, a foot away. 
So yeah, I listened to that album quite a bit this week again. And but I mixed in some other ones. I listened to Sabotage as well, which is the album that follows Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. And it's good. It's got some really good stuff on it, but I still prefer Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. I listened to mm-hmm. Master of Reality, which is a predecessor to Volume Four, which is the predecessor to Sabbath Bloody Sabbath, which Master of Reality is really good. Paranoid, which I ranked it pretty low on Fex Podcast. I think I ranked it toward the bottom, but when I was listening to that album, I just thought, man, this album's killer. I think I would rank it higher because I could kind of I can kind of foresee some kind of a Black Sabbath episode coming for me. It's just it just feels like I'm listening to so much of it right now. But that was what I listened to of Black Sabbath. Let's see, Damn Yankees, Aussie, Depeche. Now there was one other band that I listened to. There's an um God, this is wild to say like this, but uh maybe it's this is a little bit of a brag for me to say it this way in a way. <laughs> I was listening to an album from an old friend of the show, uh Dennis Stratton. Uh-huh. Uh, his band Lionheart. Um, he sent me, and I'm, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a little brag right now. But after I interviewed Dennis Stratton last year, he was so cool, and I guess he must have liked me or whatever. Because afterwards, he goes, "Here's my phone number." <laughs> I'm like, "What? I got Dennis Stratton's phone number?" <laughs> it's so weird to be looking through my you know contacts in my phone. Dennis Stratton. It's wild. Um, but I I don't ever I never message him. I don't. And I'm just I don't I don't I feel like that's you know, whatever it's, but he sent me a message the other day of their new song that came out. I think it's called, um, uh, the last 30 years, even though he okay. told me it's, it's, it's really 40 years, but 30, he thought 30 went better. Um, they, they had a worldwide release of one of their albums, uh, from a couple years ago. And I guess they did a new song for it, but that's a good, I like that song, but I pulled out their most recent album besides that called the reality of miracles. And I don't know how to describe it. It's not it's not heavy metal, but it's got a little bit of heavy stuff on it. It's more pop metal. Is it like AOR? That, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the what comes to mind. But mm-hmm. the the singer's got a really good voice, uh, and I really enjoyed it. There's a lot of, of big choruses, and I like I like the uh, what would you call it um, the harmony vocals. I like those. Um, a lot. And I listened to the whole album all the way through. Then I went through it. I just let it start playing like Sabbath, bloody Sabbath. And I let it start playing a second time through right after it. Cause I just, I just wanted to hear it again. I was like, this is really good. Um, so I listened to that and then I, I got to a stopping point right before the end of the album. And then I just never got back to listening to anything musically. I think I turned on a podcast, but I thought, man, I, I it's funny because, you know, when I interviewed him, I listened to that his stuff, a lot of his different stuff that I hadn't heard before, and that one really I remember thinking, oh, Lion Heard, I've, I've kind of heard it's just like you know more softer, it's, it's it's like soft hard rock in a way is what I kind of yeah. was thinking, and I I remember listening to that album and going, man, this is really good, and so when I listened to it the other day, I just thought, man, this is really good, I need to listen to this more, so, but that is what I listened to during the week uh, as far as. Music goes as far as podcasts goes. I'm going to try to rifle through some of these because I listened to a lot of podcasts this week. Um, this will probably shock you, but I listened to another Black Sabbath podcast, and this one is called Into the Void, a Black Sabbath podcast. I listened to their, uh, they reviewed that they talked about the first album and how they got into the band and all that. And it was cool. I listened to a few more episodes of the Sabbath Bloody Sabbath podcast. Which is so you're heavily back into this at the moment, dude. This I'm not just a yeah. I'm telling you, I can. I'm telling you, it's it's uh. I ever since I saw that release, 
Well, Feck kind of started it earlier this year when he talked to me about Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do a ranking. So I was started listening to all the Black Sabbath earlier in the year. And then lately I saw the Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath um, you know, anniversary. And I listened to it. And man, it's just been kind of not, I just can't get enough of it right now. We're not going to change the name of the podcast, are we? <laughs> yeah. Uncle Steve's Black <laughs> Sabbath Zone. <laughs> just making sure. Yeah. Well, you know, it could happen. Uh, let's see here. I listened to a podcast called History Uncovered, which it's not really like the kind of history that um, Andrew would probably be interested in, but it it is, you know, like like this one was a, a short, it's like a 15 or 20 minute episode about Pocahontas. They just have all kinds of weird history stuff. So um, I listened to one called Monty's Rock Cast, which Monty Colvin is the guy who does it. He was the bass player in a band that I love called Galactic Cowboys. I've played some of their music a couple times on some past episodes. Uh, Shout It Out Loudcast. I listened to their two most recent episodes. Um, Oddly enough, missing this week is going to be the Metal Gods podcast. I I listened to so many other things and so much music that I didn't get around to them yet, so... So, uh, sorry about that, uh, George. <laughs> um, I listened to uh, Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. These are a lot of ones I never mentioned because I, these are a lot of different things. Uh, the Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon, they had a uh, an interview. It, it, the interview said, Ted Nugent uncensored. <laughs> so, I was like, and I, I got to be honest. I know people. I know some people don't like Ted Nugent. I love listening to Ted Nugent interviews He because he is just like, he, he is so full of energy and you hear it and you think, God, this guy's 70 something years old. Like comparing the way he sounds to my father-in-law, who's the same age. Oh my God. It's like, it's like a 20 year old sitting next to my father-in-law, you know, but he's, I, I just, you know, he says a few things in there. He, he got a little bit political on some part that I honestly, it's something that's recent that only I've only heard about it real recent because it's been in the news. I have no idea what it is really, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, really enjoyed that. I even sent Mitch a message because while he was interviewing him, it was funny because he said something during that interview to Ted. And he said, once I put this out, I'm going to get a whole bunch of emails from a whole bunch of people that are telling me why you suck and how I can't interview you and they don't like you and all this. And he said, and he basically, I won't use the words he used, to, when he, but he said, I, he said, well, he said, screw that. I'm going to talk to whoever I want to talk to. You're not going to tell me what I can and can't do. And and so I sent him a message with with some of those tweets that I got from that peckerhead, you know, last week. <laughs> and I just said, th- I said, you know, we did a review of Damn Yankees album, and this is what we got, and and, and it's what me and Steve said. There's always going to be that one guy, you know, and and sounds like with him, he's a lot more uh, well known. Mitch is so he probably gets a lot more of that stuff. So yeah. But it was a really enjoyable. I really liked the interview. I sent it to Steve after I listened to it. I was like, dude, check this out. And then the last one I listened to, um, it wasn't the most recent one, but the as far as reading off all the ones I've been listening to, the last one I'm going to mention is sort of a uh, what they call a comeback episode by an old friend of the show as well, uh, an old friend named Wayne, who does a little yeah. podcast called Wayne's Iron Maiden Podcast. And um, that was a fun listen. It's, it's, it's funny to kind of hear him come back and – pick up where they left off. So, so, um, I'll, I'll stop there. That's, that, that is all the pot. I, that's, I mean, if I skipped something here, I, I don't know what it would be, but, uh, what did you listen to podcast wise? You said it was mostly music. So did you listen to any podcasts? I did. So I listened to uncle Steve's 
You probably mm. heard of him. I Which one? The Damn Yankees Part 2. Oh, that's a really good episode. I listened to that one as well. <laughs> you did? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that wasn't bad. You know, I can. Is can that the one him. with the English bloke singing at the end of it? <laughs> not the English uh, bloke, the Australian bloke. <laughs> yeah, let's not go there. Oh. Uh, anyway, well, just in uh, case anybody didn't hear it, if, at the part one, there's a little bit of this Australian guy singing at it. When I heard it, it made me laugh, so... Kudos to Uncle Steve and that Australian bloke. <laughs> He's there for your amusement, I'm sure. <laughs> he he does a good job. So I I you may not listen to Metal Gods, but I did listen to one early in the week. Which and, one? And you know it slips my mind what it was because okay. it was on Monday and I okay. slipped between here and then. Gotcha. But it's the one before Uncle Steve's going to be on. Mm, okay. So were you like number ten maybe? Because I think I'm up to about that. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure what nine. number I was. Even though. So, George told me I was number one, so. In his heart. Uh, he no. says you're a good Well, man. he was flipping me off. I guess it was his middle finger. I guess that, uh, doesn't that mean you're number one? Oh, well, if he does both hands, you're number two. Oh, there you go. I'm probably more like a number two to some of people. <laughs> I'll leave that one alone. Yeah. Um, Jim Jeffries, the little, uh, little the Australian comedian the Australian that comedian. I like listening to. I listen yeah. to, like okay. I was a month behind on him, so I listened to a few of his. I like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, what else did I listen to? I I didn't write this down, but I remember um, Eddie Trunk. I saw that he had an interview with Dave Ellison from okay. Megadeth on there, and there was someone else, and I who was after that, and I can't think who it yeah, was. Yeah, I, I saw really, that. I didn't listen to it, but I saw that as well. Yeah, it was. I'm not going to say it's hard hitting. He tries to address you know the the things that come up a couple of months ago. Yeah, sure. But it was kind of pedestrian. Sometimes I like Eddie Trunk stuff, and yeah. Other times it doesn't do much for me. Uh, that's, a, that's, a, Chris- that's probably a hard spot to hit. You know, you're hitting something very controversial. So you can either be a a a, a horse's butt Behind. to somebody, or you can try to address it in a kind of a little tender way. You know. Yeah. So he didn't go into the details of what it what it was, mm-hmm. and if no one knows, they can go and find that out for themselves. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, but more about the. The peripheral, the surroundings of it sure, all. Um, sure, yeah, sure. Kind of what's going on where his headspace was and what he's doing. Gotcha. So it was okay. I only really just had a bit of a listen because it was him. I don't mind a bit of Megadeth. Yeah, or, yeah. Or ex-Megadeth for him now. Uh, Chris Jericho. So I like his podcast when he's doing interviews. I don't care so much. Actually, I don't care at all. When it comes to him doing his, um, his wrestling stuff, I'll just skip all those. Sure, sure. And that was about it. It was something... And this one I didn't really get into, the one I heard. It was something about some, oh, like, supernaturally kind of thing. And sometimes I don't mind listening to that, some creature in, in some yeah. place. I think I was pretty bored of it. But for the most part, I don't mind what he does. Um, I like, I like, I'm kind of like that. I, 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 depending on who the wrestling person is, I'll, if it's somebody I know well, then I'll listen. But I don't know yeah. a whole lot of them anymore, so. Well, he'd had some good interviews with like some of these true crime sort of things, and I think that's what got me listening to some of the yeah I've heard a couple of those killer stuff because it's done really well, and I like the way he talks to the people as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Like he's had, you know, I would call them nut jobs. <laughs> some of those he has some wacky kind of people that have got some out there views. Oh yeah, but I like the way he talks to them. He doesn't dismiss or discount what they say, and um, sorry, he, he goes all right. He's okay. Oh yeah, but that was it for podcasts for me for the week.
So, Matt, do you know what time it is now? It is time for some audience participation. Yes, indeed. Some audience participation. All right. Last week, I had two episodes that came out. Again, that's two weeks in a row, man. I think I'm spoiling people here. Um, you asked the people that? Yeah, and, and if they don't, and if and for all you people out there, if you don't like them, there's a money-back guarantee. Everything you paid, you can get back in spades. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the first episode was the Dame Yankees Side 2 album that I did with uh, Steve from Potter Than Hell. And the people that shared that episode were as follows. Uh, his Royal Dudeness, Dave in the USA. Uh, from Falkirk, Scotland, UK, the Sassanac himself, my buddy Andy. He shared it. Jesse, the delivery guy in Illinois, shared it. The Scouser, David Laird in Liverpool, England, shared it. Let's see here. Um, what time is it now? Okay, so are you ready, Matt? Ready for what? <laughs> Dude, I don't know how you don't like this. Did I tell you today that I love Bobe? No, Beth. You didn't. I didn't? Oh, I did. You said you didn't like him. I, but I don't know how you don't like that. That song, to me, I played that in the car today. Uh with my son in the car because I was he's never rode in my car and I was since I got it and I said yeah I listened to the stereo and I was playing that song so I turned it on and I said hey you remember this song and it started playing and I, I saw him in the back seat just kind of you know and he's into rap music a lot but I saw him in the back seat kind of mouthing the words you know you know are you sure it was the words to the song though I'm sure he was, no, no, I would have yeah, been yeah, mouthing words too yeah because he because he remembered it uh, I, I remember I, I don't I think I don't know if I told this story or not but I was the my son used to play on a baseball team like uh, years and years ago. It was one of these pay Yankees. teams where you have to pay to get on the team kind of teams because he was a fairly good baseball player. And, you know, we we're trying to get him in a little bit better situation where he's playing with kids that are a little bit better. And the coach made the mistake of asking me, hey, would you like to be our team DJ? Like, you know, play music in between innings and things like this. And, you know, when the kids are going to come up to bat. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so, so. I had kids that came up to me and they would be like, uh, Hey, can you play me this rap song when I come up? I was like, Nope. Every, every kid got played rock music. It, just no matter what it was, uh, oh, I don't have it on my phone. Uh, but I remember I used to play that Volbeat song, you know, cause it's just, it was a, it's a good, you know, let's get ready to rumble. It's a good thing going into a baseball game. And you know, uh, it's a, the warriors call. So, this lady told me one time, she says, yeah, we went to a uh, baseball game, like a, a minor league baseball game up in Tennessee. And her kid played with Noah. And uh, she goes, she goes, we were at the game and that song came on between innings. And she said, he went ballistic when that song started playing. <laughs> and I, just, I just remember that made me laugh because I was like, well, at least I'm having some kind of Im impact on these kids. <laughs> but uh, so this is really the only, um, well, you know Tom, what? We I'll have to hear Volbeat today. That's all you're going to hear of Volbeat today. So, um, thank you. But we have two quick quotes this week. One is from this episode, and one is from the other episode. So, I'm going to read them in succession. Um, this quick quote, oh God, huh. 
Queet quote. Um, careful, careful. <laughs> tr- trademark Kirsty Prince. Wait, so I got a question. Do I get the trade? Is the trademark for me because I coined the phrase, or is it to Kirsty because she used it in a song? Now I got to be careful how I answer this. Yeah. Because the wrong answer, maybe I can't come back next week. The <laughs> other wrong answer, maybe I can't go home. Maybe you can't go to Perth. So, <laughs> no. Uh, so. I'll abstain from uh, <laughs> you gotta plead from the answering fifth. if that's okay. Hey, what? I'll uh, keep the peace. You, yeah, I'm S- Switzerland. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so the uh, honourable councillor Richard Holmes of the Ulster Unionist Party in Garvog, Northern Ireland. Oh gosh, I, I gotta say this too. Yeah, this, that's who it's by. That's who this this first tweet quote is by. We what we just went and saw this new Spider Man movie. I was telling you, I forgot about this and. It's called Spider-Man No Way Home, which, and I enjoyed it. I've, I've seen enough Spider-Man movies w- with Noah to understand kind of some of the characters. And at the end of the movie, you're supposed to wait till the very end because there's always little scenes that play at the very end of the movies, like after all the credits and all that. And at the very, very close to the very end, this little thing rolls across it. It says, thanks to the government of Ireland or something like that. Hmm. And, 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 and I know that Northern Ireland is not Ireland, but I looked at Noah and I said, my official podcaster, the official, I said, the official podcaster of Uncle C's Iron Maiden Zone is a is in the government of Ireland or something. The political wing of the the Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden podcast. Yeah, yeah. The uh, from you know, the, he's very popular in the political community of Uncle C's Iron Maiden Zone. And then after that, it said that it was record. Some of the movie was uh, done in Victoria, Australia. Isn't that where uh, um, the great man lives there? A very yeah. Isn't that where our um, the Lord uh, Lord Andrew of Sussex is? He does. That's the state where he resides. Yeah. And so my son said, maybe you ought to ask him if he was there when they were made it or something. I don't know. Or if he helped make it. I said, I think he might would have told me that, but maybe yeah, not. I, I think he might have slipped that one through to us if that was the case. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey to Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. While we're at it. Yes, Andrew. We love you. So um, I actually got, you know what? Hold on just one second here. Let me, let me uh, go away from... Um, the thing scripted the script. Yeah. We're getting off script here because you know, there is no script here. I was going to say, I didn't get a copy of any script, yeah. <laughs> but, but today, and this is, this is not the queet quote, even though this is a queet quote, but it's of an old episode. But because we're talking about Lord Andrew of Sussex, uh, the same are very, very, very world renowned and popular. You know, he's also the most popular co- po- uh, politician that has, a place on Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. But he also said this today about the Somewhere Back in Time episode on Aces High, which was called uh, the uh, Battle of Britain. Um, Mm. He said, another great episode in the Somewhere Back in Time series. Credit to Andrew Whitnall for his storytelling style, which keeps you gripped throughout. I thought that was a very nice compliment to Andrew, but I thought it's also very true. So Um, so let's get to this tweet. Quote of the week. He said, when you've, and I don't, and I don't, and I hope that this is not tied in with a song because if it is, I couldn't, I was trying to sing it with different songs. And I could never figure it out. So, but it says, and you know, last week he put in his quote with all 10 song titles from the album, right? 
I do recall, yes. Well, because it was only side one, he used all of his ammunition for side the side one episode. He had nothing left for side two. He was spent a spent force. Yes, yes. It's like he had a machine gun and he used all the bullets and he had to, then so this is just him throwing rocks, I guess. He says when you, and he even addresses it. When you've used up all the titles tweeting the side one recital, what more can you say? It's the pot of the day. Tune in and relax while they're talking the tracks with his Aussie mate. And it's getting late. Enough from those damn Yankees. <laughs> so you even got a shout out there. He, he was hitting rock bottom. <laughs> yeah, it was. He ran He's out scr- of scratching for material. Yeah, yeah. So the other episode was the Iron Maiden discussion board, which was basically just us waffling on. You know what? I thought we should start if we could if we had enough con you know uh, content, we could start putting an episode out every Wednesday, and we could start calling it Waffle Wednesday. <laughs> That's what the people want. Yes, <laughs> not <laughs> so that episode. The tweet. I'm going to go in reverse order. The tweet quote was by my friend Anthony in San Antonio, Texas. He said, listen to this Uncle Steve episode yesterday. I was really surprised to hear how fast the El Paso show sold out. I actually feel really fortunate now that I was able to land tickets for the Austin date. So, And if I recall, this is going to be his first show. Yes, yes, yes. Well, congratulations. I think you're just in time. You'll enjoy it. Indeed, man. I I really wish I could have went to that show because I really would have liked to meet him up there. That would have been really cool. If it wasn't, in, if that was a, if that was the weekend show, I would be at it. But because El Paso is the weekend show, yeah, this was hard. This tour was hard when they're spacing the dates out every couple of days, and they're only playing a few weekends. And I don't think there was any back to back shows I can think of. Yeah, I can't remember. So it was I can't kind remember. of restricting what yeah. I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. But we're not going to mention Ticketmaster again, are we? Because <laughs> yeah. we had another experience with them. Um, yeah, we Was did. It- yeah, you had an, an interesting uh, – you had a good run of luck, actually, with Ticketmaster this week and a certain other person that's talking to you on the line. So, Yes, Ticketmaster. Yeah. If I don't have to use them again this year, I'll be happy. Yeah. Because yeah. I tried to get two more tickets, and I don't understand what preferred seating is, why you can have one seat next to a standard seat, oh, and I yeah. can't buy both. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't even. I have no idea what that means, but that frustrates me. But let me get to these other. Let me get to these other retweets here. Uh, we got Jesse, the delivery guy in Illinois. We got. Uh, <laughs> I wrote his. I wrote it wrong here, but his royal dudeness, Davy in the USA. <laughs> Davy. Uh, I wrote D A V I E. Uh, I guess I was. Uh, well, you know, whenever we got on the phone, I told you that I had nothing ready, and I was having to do it all really fast. So I was typing fast, and I, you know. But also, I got a uh, Natico, N A T Y C O, Natico from Rumbo Atar. I don't know what that means. We tried to look that up. We couldn't figure out where that was from. We're not very smart. <laughs> we come to that conclusion that between the two of us, we couldn't get anywhere. Because you said something about Indonesia. And I just said it, it sounds like a legit name of a place. Yeah. And the only place that came up was. In, in, there was a place that when I typed that in on Google Maps just to see, it said there was a Rumbo. S apostrophe T A R in Indonesia. And you said, like you said, A and S are next to each other on a keyboard. So, but this is in his location. So I don't think it was a, if it is, you know, maybe he's in Indonesia, but maybe not. Or may- maybe when he, maybe when he sends his uh, email to you at, 
ironmaidenpodcast at gmail.com and say, say Uncle Steve will tell you a story. We'll find out more about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. <laughs> uh, um, all And the next one was at, at Carlin RL underscore from Guayaquil. Uh, and, and I don't know where that's from either. I think that's a made up, um, uh, I think someone told me that was like a, like a Pokemon place or something, you know, or one of those kind of words. I used to piss my, I used to piss my son off when I'd call it Pokemon. Mm. I'd be like, I'd be like, uh, Hey, are you messing around with your Pokemon cards? He goes, Pokemon. I'd be like, that's what I said. Pokemon. <laughs> Stir the pot. Oh yeah. And the last, the last, uh, retweet was from. The newest Scouser, the only tweeting Scouser this week, David Laird in Liverpool, England. But the tweet quote of the week this week, Matt, I'm going to have to give it again to our. He's on another. He's on another three peat right now with this one, because he had a tie with uh, um, his royal dudeness. Mm-hmm. Then he had last week. Now he's got this week, so he's got two three peats. He's like the Chicago Bulls of the of the eighties and nineties. He's or of the nineties. He's got two three peats going. I think we mentioned before. It's uh, he's starting his own dinner stee. Dinner stee. Is that correct? Um, Hello, James. Let me ask James. James, pronunciation, please. It's not dynasty. It's dinner dynasty. Dinner dynasty. That's what he would say. He pronounced. I mean, he wrote it out. D i n n e r. <laughs> dinnersty so i S-T-E. love that word we're gonna use mm-hmm. that word every week just for james so hi james <laughs> hi james we love you <laughs> steve my, loves you my reluctant you don't love him he's a good bloke okay <laughs> my reluctant co-host is what i was i guess what he's he's been given the name my reluctant kiwi co-host so but yeah so that is the the tweets and retweets and congratulations to the honorable counselor richard holmes the only now you might see some fakes and phonies out there, Matt. Mm. But this guy, the counselor, the honorable counselor, Richard Holmes, is the only don't 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 be fooled by imitations. He is Legit. the only official politician of Uncle Steve's Armaids. You heard it right here. You heard it right here. <laughs> so let me ask you a question real quick, Matt. What you got? Are you ready to burn? After all that, I am ready to rock. I'm more than ready. <laughs> all right. So let the rock begin. Welcome to another episode of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. I'm bringing you another Iron Maiden story, and this is a very uh, monumental, unique one uh, that I've ever done, I guess I would have to say, because this is one that is live and in person. 
So sitting across from me here, I have Chris who plays in the band that me and Matt talked about, Made in Texas. So Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Awesome. Awesome. I appreciate you letting me come in your home and uh, do this. Sure. I figured it'd be cooler to do it this way over than over Skype, you know, yeah. especially since we're only an hour apart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to just chat about Texas. So first of all, just before we even get going, because we have talked about your band. So um, you play in Maiden, Texas, mm-hmm. and y'all are based in this area. If you will, why don't you uh, tell a little bit about yourself as far as playing guitar and getting into the band? Okay. Um, born and raised in Dallas, Texas. Um, my uh, guitar playing started. I got a guitar for my 16th birthday from my dad. Uh, my dad and my brother were both drummers, so oh, cool. I was determined to not be a drummer. <laughs> and so, yeah, I got a guitar at 16, uh, found a really great uh, guitar teacher, um, taught me what I wanted to learn, and I started off with Rush. Okay. Was, uh, my brother and I shared a room, and I was basically forced to listen to what he wanted to listen to because he had the stereo and I didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, it was a lot of Rush, a lot of Zeppelin, uh, a lot of Yes. And, uh, you know, of course, being a 16-year-old kid at that time, you know, your you know Kiss was really big, so the makeup and all that kind of sure. stuff. But um, I just really liked Rush a lot, so I started learning Rush songs all over the place. And, you know, in early 80s, when, you know, Van Halen and, you know, Randy Rose, Jakey e. Lee, um, oh, yeah. George Lynch, that was all big then. Yeah. So I just started to learn all these different styles, you know, from the same guitar teacher who I took lessons from for a long, quite a long time. Um, How much older was your brother than you? Five years. Five years. And when you started playing guitar, was there a particular player that you were like and completely enamored with at the time that made you say, I want to play guitar? Um, or was it just the brother and dad playing drums? <laughs> no, it was really, you know, seeing Kiss and, you know, Ace Freely, I just thought he was the cool guy, you know. Sure. He had the cool, to me, he had the cool costume and, and I just, (laughs) I wanted to play guitar for a long time, not just because my brother and my dad played drums and I didn't want to do that, but I just, you know, guitar was, you know, more popular, you know? Sure. Um, it's, you know, it's funny. You always think about it, you know, the singers get all the chicks and, you know, the guitar players are usually second. So it was like, I don't want to play drums. They're like, you know, bass players that like the last guy, you know, it's not a knock on bass players, but you know, it's just kind of the way it was. And so it was like, I I wanted to be more popular and play a, you know, a a flashier position. Yeah. Well, I'm Um, sure you were drawn to it as well. I mean, not everyone in the family was going to do the same thing. So, well, and also that, you know, playing with my brother, I was thinking, you know, Hey, we're going to be like Van Halen, you know? (laughs) Yeah. 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 uh, Which that never worked out, but still. Sure. Sure. That's okay. So, when uh, to 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 move to Iron Maiden a little bit? When do you remember ever hearing Iron Maiden? What was the first time you remember hearing Iron Maiden? The first time I ever heard Iron Maiden was off of MTV. It was the Flight of Icarus video, and I saw it. Okay. And I, to this day, I can still see the part of the video of Bruce Dickinson with the headphones on singing to the microphone. Mm-hmm. The but studio. the song was just you know really cool and. Yeah. My brother at the time was playing in a local cover band, and those guys, the two, they had two guitar players, and they were into Iron Maiden. Okay, I went to a rehearsal one night, and they played that song. Oh, cool! And I was just like, "Wow, that's cool! I want to <laughs> do that." And sure. so that was my first introduction to Maiden. I never heard anything off of anything before that, sure. and so then yeah. then I started paying attention to uh, to MTV, and 
I would see Run to the Hills. Sure. And I thought Run to the Hills, that's a great song. You know, the yeah. video is really funny and cool yeah. as well. And, you know, being a senior in high school or whatever. Okay. You're like, this is really cool. And then playing the whole guitar thing for two years at that point. Right. I was already starting to understand, you know, <clears throat> the twin guitar thing that Iron Maiden did. You know, I'd heard some Judas Priest that where they were doing twin guitars, but it just, to me, it just wasn't the same. I never became a huge fan of Judas Priest either. Okay. But something about the Maiden thing and something about the two guitar things that, that Maiden did was just, it was a hook. I think they're dual playing and you can probably under you'll probably know what I mean. I don't know how to say it in guitar tech terms, but their, their melodies seem sweeter. Yeah. It just than the priest ones. And I like priest, but yeah, I, I'm not a, not a huge fan of them. I don't hate them. Yeah. I, I just, I just yeah. never liked that as much as I like the Iron Maiden stuff. And, yeah. you know, who knows why that happened? You sure. know, we all have been, different tastes. So. Yeah. Or it could have been the kind of guitar players I was listening to up until that point. Sure. Because, you know, Maiden is really blues based. Okay. Their guitar stuff is really blues based. And so, you know, listening to, you know, to Eddie and, and to George and, and even Randy, you know, there's a lot of blues based playing in metal. Yeah, yeah. So, and not saying that Judas Priest is not blues based. I'm just thinking maybe that might be part of the reason why I took to that more yeah, than the priest sure, stuff. Sure. Um, that's cool that you, the first song I ever heard was also uh, Flight of Icarus. I remember, I don't, I don't know if you, I don't think I've ever told you this, but I was on my school bus and I was probably, I'm assuming uh, Live After Death was probably, it was around that era. Mm-hmm. And I was arguing with a kid on my school bus, get this, <laughs> that Steve Harris was not as good of a bass player. As Blackie Lawless was. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I've learned the error of that argument, obviously. Uh, I would hope so. the next day he came to school and he had a Peace of Mind cassette. And you remember when cassettes, when you would wear them out and they would just fade in. And oh, out. yeah. That was the cassette he gave me in and out and in and out. And I could, but I listened to, to Flight of Icarus. That's what was queued up. And I remember thinking, oh, this isn't anything like what I expected. Because, you know, you see... You know, you're wearing a shirt that has the Killers cover on it. You know, you see the number of the beast and Killers and you think, oh, I just used to think oh, that's just too heavy. I used to think the same thing. I used to even <laughs> think, oh, there's a little maybe some Satan worshiping going on in there. <laughs> yeah. So, But I heard it and I thought, oh, OK, this isn't what I thought. And and then, of course, when I brought the tape back, he blamed the fading in and out on me. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. dude, I listened to it once. Yeah. So uh, I ended up getting a live after death cassette. That was how I, that was the first thing I ever had. And that was where wow. I really, you know, heard Phantom of the Opera and Wrath Child and the Paul Diano song. So I mm-hmm. completely favor Bruce over, you know, he's the guy for me. Sure. Um, so you said your bro- brother was five years <laughs> older and you started playing guitar. Um, you said, you, you, what other songs did you see? Cause you said you saw run to the Hills on MTV, mm-hmm. uh, P, uh, flight of Icarus. What else was it? You said to mention a few others. Uh, I saw trooper. Okay. And I want to say, I also saw a video for number of the beast. Okay. The song. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, was really paying attention to those two, those, you know, those guitar harmonies and sure. which, you know, <laughs> That's that's why I got so involved because I'm thinking, all right, you know, as one guitar player like Randy or Eddie or George, sure. you're, you know, you're carrying the band from guitar, so you're not really hearing a whole lot of harmonies with those guys. You would hear some occasional songs where they would put a harmonizer on there and yeah, yeah. and play, and that sounded good. But <clears throat> these two guys were playing live that way, mm-hmm. and you know, 
hitting a pedal that that creates that harmony, whatever note you hit, it's going to harmonize with. But yeah. when you're two guys playing separate harmonies, you got to make sure you're in you're online and in pace with those right. with that other guy and playing the same way at the same speed at the same time. Yeah. And that to me, that's just a whole lot harder. Sure. Well, and you do it. I mean, you yeah. you do it in your band. And I didn't mention this already. I mean, I think maybe people have already heard it, but you also play. Uh, in a in an Aussie cover band, an Aussie like a tribute act, y'all yep. do called mm-hmm. Blizzard of the Blizzard of Oz Experience. It's just called Blizzard of Oz. Okay, so and you do Zach, and so I remember you telling me this on the phone one day. You said what you just kind of said. You said it's totally different when I'm playing the Randy, Jake, and Zach stuff because it's only me. There's not another guitar player there behind me or in front of me or whatever. Right. So that does that definitely makes sense. So, um. And I think you might have mentioned this, and I know this will probably be a continual focal point because we've almost, we've had little I don't know if you'd call them arguments on the phone about it, but <laughs> so what? But, uh, but you'll know what I'm asking you here. What was it when you heard Iron Maiden? You saw Flight of Icarus. You heard the Trooper and all those things. What what did, what really drew you to Iron Maiden by seeing those and hearing those songs? Just you know the, the way the, the song. I mean, everybody. If you're a Maiden fan, everybody knows Flight of Icarus. Sure, you know it's it's a really good song. It's it's not quite a, a radio hit for them, yeah. But it is, it, you know, it was super popular on MTV. It's as close as they're going to get, <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than wasted years, sure. And so, you know, it, it just sounded cool. I like the harmony parts. You know, both of those guys they they trade off solos in that song. Okay. So you know, now you just you don't just have one guitar player that that's really cool and plays really cool solos. You have two guys in there, <laughs> and then at some point they get together and play together. So you yeah, have yeah. Dave Murray solo, then Adrian Smith solo, then you have them playing together. Uh, yeah. You know, and that's just different than you know the Ozzy and the mm-hmm. Van Halen and the and the Doc and stuff, where it's just one guitar player playing the solo. Absolutely. And. Absolutely. You know, I never really thought much about you know playing in a in an Iron Maiden band. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, until I got that call. Sure, uh, sure. You know, or actually, you know, meeting the singer in person. And yeah. hey, would you be interested? And of course, I said yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but you know, then I started thinking to myself immediately as soon as I said yes, I was like, What did I just get myself uh-oh, into? <laughs> uh oh, I got That means I got to do these harmonies, and I got to be able to play like this other guy and. Yeah. When I when I first went to the first rehearsal, I was obviously nervous, you sure. know, because it was a uh, an audition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then also you're having to learn, you're having to play the guitars, and I just try to approach it as okay, if I play my part just like it is on the record, and he plays his part just like it is on the record, we should be just fine. Mm-hmm. And it was. That's cool, man. That's really cool. I mean, the harmonies. I mean, obviously, you can't help but love the harm. I was listening to an Iron Maiden album on the way here. It was a newer era album Mm -hmm. and there was a really cool harmony section. I know there's not nearly as many harmony sections and I'll get to that later when we talk about the newer stuff, but there was a a harmony section in a song that was on dance of death, which came out in Oh two. And Oh man, it's just like, I just close my eyes and just like, you know, just humming it, you know, singing it with along with my lot, you know, with my mouth. Mm -hmm. It was so cool. Well, it's like, it's like the harmony, solo section for flash of the blade oh yeah you know the drums and the bass are are just hitting intermittent notes while the two guitar players are playing these Mm -hmm. riffs you know doing the harmony parts and to me i just think that that particular harmony is so well done so well written and it just it it fits the song it's just great and so if you is is the two guitar players if you can pull that off live yeah that's that's saying something and y'all did yeah yeah (laughs) 
Me and Matt, a lot talking, of practice. Me and Matt were talking about that on the phone today. You'll you'll hear the uh, full uh, thing about it uh, this coming week. But uh, so was was Peace of Mind the first Iron Maiden album that you ever had that you owned? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, now, now I'm going to ask a question about the band. Well, me and Matt saw you guys on Halloween, which mm-hmm. technically it was after midnight, so we yes, considered that it Halloween. Was. It was. I agree. <laughs> um, y'all played Sun and Steel, uh-huh. which I had already, I don't even know if I'd let him hear the little bit of audio I recorded that I sent you the one time, but. The one with you singing on it? Yeah, the one with my vocals. <laughs> <laughs> Your singer doesn't have anything to worry about. <laughs> Um, but y'all did Sun and Steel, which the first time I saw you, which blew my mind. You know, I was like so excited because, you know, the ones they don't play, I want to hear some of those, you know. So, but what made y'all choose Sun and Steel off, off of there? Well, typically they, uh, they want me to, to make up the set because I like to rotate songs in and out. Mm-hmm. And I always time it out because normally we play an hour and a half. And so, I have a little Excel program that sets it up and, and I okay. plug the music in and I figure out, okay, this is how much, you know, uh, Sun and Steel is like 345 or something like that. So that's 345 of music, but you also have what's called in-betweens where sure. the singer is going to talk to the audience or people switching guitars or whatever. Yeah. And so you have to factor all that in. If you're going to play an hour and a half, you're not going to play an hour and a half of music because you have all those in-betweens. Sure, sure. And, or, you know, if somebody breaks a string and are, you know, switching guitars or some, you know, getting sticks, whatever it may be. Right. Um, so you have to factor that into that hour and a half. So we typically will play, you know, anywhere between 15 and 20 songs okay. for a typical show. So they, because I'd already done that with the Aussie stuff yeah. and I had showed that to them and like, oh, we're going to let you figure out the set. <laughs> That's, which is cool for you. Yes, it's good for me. But, <laughs> but also what happens is typically um, Mike, the other guitar player, Mike. I'll send him the set list and I'll say, what do you think? And he'll go, oh yeah, that's that, that looks good. But I was really wanting to do this song this time. Sure. So I'll swap that in for something else, yeah, yeah. you know, and, but you know, everybody else in the band is fairly easy. They don't care. It's, you know, they know 85% of the set is going to be the standard stuff that we always play that people want to hear. Yeah. The other 15% is going to be, some of the B-sides, and we're definitely always going to throw in one that's like Sun and Steel that no one's no one's expecting yeah. to hear, especially when it's the first time that we played it. Yeah, People just really, oh, wow, I haven't heard that song. Was that the first time y'all played it at the show I saw you, the first one? Uh, for Sun and Steel, yes. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So cool. We had played Flash of the Blade before. Okay. Before okay. that. And I, I was listening to Peace of Mind one night and just, you know, listening to the whole thing. I, th- I was probably taking a shower or something like that yeah. and just having it playing. And when I heard Sun and Steel, first off, it was kind of short. Mm-hmm. Seemed like it was fairly easy to do. Sure. Nothing crazy on the vocals or anything like that. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, we should do that one because it's, you know, it's short and you can fit it in there and not, you know, take up like, it's not like adding Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Or even adding something like Power Slave that's eight minutes long. Yeah. Or Phantom of the Opera. You know, you add that, you're taking away two, maybe even three songs. Sure. But to play that whole song. So yeah. it just fit. And the first time we rehearsed it, uh, it went really well. And so I was like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. good. I just, I remember after that show, cause I really wasn't going to, I didn't want to, I certainly didn't want to walk up and go, you know, Hey, I do a podcast about Iron Maiden. You know, I don't, I'm like, I went to your show. I had a shirt, I had hats. I was like, yeah. I'm not going to go up there and wear it. I'm not trying to, to be anything for anybody. I'm just, I'm here to, to enjoy the music. And, but I went up and I was like, you know what? I'm going to probably review this. And I wanted to say something to somebody. Sure. And, um, but I remember I talked to your, is Jeff the singer? 
No, Jeff's the drummer. The singer's name is Anthony. Anthony. So I went up. So Anthony was there, and I started talking to him. And I just the first thing, same thing as the first thing I said to you. I can't believe y'all played Sun and Steel. I said that just. I just remember it's like you just don't things you don't hear blow your mind, and that you know when you're a huge fan, not not like the guy that I was telling you about earlier that. When y'all started doing Flash the Blade, he just turned around and walked off like, and I'm going, what are you doing? He doesn't. He probably doesn't remember the song. He's probably like, oh, this isn't Two Minutes to Midnight or Aces High or The right. Trooper, you know? So, um, But what's really funny is about this conversation is I've, I've tried to, to plant the seed with the guys about making the set list that yeah. I want to constantly rotate in songs that we haven't done in a while or new songs that we've never done before because it keeps the show fresh. It makes everybody have to go home and rehearse on their own sure, to sure. learn the songs and stuff. Yeah. But like with the set, with the bass, the new, the new blue sparkle bass, and then also the, um, the songs, I, they've started to come to me and say, Hey, so-and-so came up to me and said, Oh wow, that that set is really cool looking, or that blue guitar yeah. really fills it out, or yeah. I can't believe you played this song. Yeah, oh yeah. And so I'm like, you guys need to understand. I put a, I don't, I'm not just throwing this set together. I put a yeah. lot of thought into it because I'm I'm trying to hit as many albums as I can. Sure. At least get one song off off of, of an album. Yeah. And then also songs that we've never done before. Like you said, you can't believe it. the people that are the hardcore Maiden fans. That's yeah. what they want to hear. They yeah. don't want to hear Run of the Hills. They don't want to hear <laughs> the Trooper anymore because they've heard it a million times. And so I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to please sure. as many people as I can Absolutely. inside of one show. Yeah. I mean, you go to an Iron Maiden show, you know, you're going to hear the Trooper and you know, you're going to hear. Mo- that's not true. <laughs> most of the time. Mo- nowadays, I think they learned that in America, you yeah. have to play. But I mean, Number the Beast, you mm-hmm. know. The- the eponymous track, you know, Iron Maiden. You know, there's certain songs, Fear of the Dark. You're going to hear these songs at every... Wasted Years. Wasted, you know, usually Wasted Years. Yep. You know, Two Minutes to Midnight, Ace mm-hmm. is High. You know what I mean? And yep. whether it's overplayed or not, I love the songs anyway. So, like... Sure. Yeah, I get that. That's so cool. But you, but I would... I would I'd crap my pants if I went there and they started playing in Sun and Steel or Flash <laughs> of the Blade. You know, it'd just be... And I don't know that Bruce could still maybe hit some of those super highs that he was doing. He was singing those in his prime, you know? So, well, they could always tune down to sure. help him out if, if, you know, on, on any particular song, but yeah. I, I just, they've gotten excited by hearing this feedback from people that are at Absolutely. the show. Yeah. And so I, I've been, that's why I've been telling them, okay, this is why we need to learn mm-hmm. new songs that we've oh, yeah. never done before, because we can play the same set over and over and it's going to be boring. We want, you know, I mean, for the general fan, they're going to like it. But for yeah. the hardcore fans, and that's the ones I'm trying to get those hardcore fans to come out of the woodwork. Because, yeah. you know, you're not going to see Iron Maiden for X number of years after mm-hmm. you see them. Yeah. And then you're not going to hear like Sun and Steel because they're not going to play it. Yeah. And so I'm trying to get those guys to come out of the woodwork because I, I just think if we can do that kind of thing, they will come out. I told Matt when I talked, I said... I said, yeah, the other day I sent Chris a whole bunch of random songs that I want them to start, that I, that they should start playing. And I told him, I said, I even included some of the newer era stuff that he just probably wouldn't even care about. <laughs> but um, yeah, I won't say any of them because maybe one day something will show up. I'll talk <laughs> about that off the record later. Maybe. Okay. Um, but the, so, so, you know, you're a fan at this point. Now when you're, because you were, you said you were around 16. Did you get to go see Maiden on the Peace of Mind tour no, at that point? Okay. No. Okay. So Power Slave comes out next. Yes. So are you at are you, at this point are you a it comes out on August 2nd whatever the date is. You're at the record store August 2nd getting it. No. Um it wasn't too long after that that I got it, but 
I wasn't waiting at the door for it. Gotcha. I, at, back then, the only band that I was waiting at the door for was was Rush. Okay. Anytime Rush released something new, I was gotcha. Wait, I had gotten to the point where I was paying some of these guys that worked at the record store because you know obviously they get them shipped in before they can put them on the shelf. Oh, you were getting them early. So I was getting That's them early. That's awesome. You know, a day or you know not much early, but Still, like a day or so, two yeah. early, and so that was always cool. Yeah, that happened with the new album. You know, Iron Maiden Senjutsu. Um, I had someone send me a message three days before the album. You know, album came out on a Friday, and I got Tuesday. I get a message, hey, the because they were putting pictures up like that they were stocking it in these record stores in other yeah. parts of the world. And some guy, I don't even know where he was from, and he just uh, he says, hey, I've got Senjutsu. Do you want me to send you a link for it? And I'm just like, huh? <laughs> and and I I, I kind of hesitated, and then later on I kind of. Re- sent somebody a message and I was like, look, as long as I get to hear the whole album, I don't want to hear it in pieces. I want to hear it right. like the old days, you know, you buy it, you listen to the whole thing. So someone sent me the link and I saw it. I saw the song titles and I was at work. And I mean, I remember my whole body went numb for a minute. I was just like, <laughs> I can't believe this. I was so excited. I got home. The link had been taken down. I didn't get to hear it. So I got it. You know, I just thought, Hey, you know what? It's only two more days. Anyway, I can yeah. stuck and live with it. You sound like Frank, the guy, the guy that does our Eddie. We'll be talking about Frank here in a bit. Yeah, Frank Frank would be the kind of person that if you told him he could get the new album five days before anybody else could, but yeah. you had to drive to Houston to get it, he'd be down Frank there. would drive to Houston. <laughs> I know he would. If I could have got a physical copy and someone said drive to Houston five days, I might would do that. I don't know. I, yeah. That's a big, that's a tall order kind of, you know, being yeah. married and stuff. But uh, sure. So what did you think when you got Power Slave? You you get it? You turn it on? Oh, that was... I thought Peace of Mind was great. Sure. Uh, I thought Power Slave was just uh, head and shoulders above Peace of Mind. Yeah. And I still love Peace of Mind. But sure, sure. I, I just thought Power Slave was... I mean, when you, when you hear, you know, that, that whole intro for Aces High, the, the harmony stuff... And then when it kicks in really fast, plus, you know, the great thing about Maiden is, is all their stuff is, is not all of it, but most of it is story-based. Sure, sure. So when you, you know, when you hear the song Ace is High, you know what the song's about. Yeah. And then when you get to see, when you got to see the video on MTV with, yeah. you know, the black and white video of yeah, yeah, the air flight. battles and yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. that was cool. Um, you know, Flight of Icarus, obviously, or not, no, I'm sorry, wrong one. And then um, Two Minutes to Midnight. That's that song is just great in and of itself. There's not a whole lot of harmonies yeah. in there, but that song's great. And then, but when you hear Power Slave, that that song, that intro of Incredible. being in the mummy tomb and stuff like that, that's that's. And then I never really got into Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner uh-huh. until many years later. Yeah, I just yeah. like, oh, this song's too long. It's going to be boring and stuff. But now I love that song. But back then, it was Power Slave, Two Minutes to Midnight, and Ace yeah. High. Everything else on there was just, you know, it was good, but it was, I wanted to listen to that stuff. Well, and I know I told you this, but I don't know, you know, when people listen to my podcast, I don't know if they've heard. I mean, I can't, sometimes I can't remember what I've said to you privately on the phone. Yeah. Or, but I remember when I saw you guys, and I told you there was the guy standing next to me that was like, you know, he just started talking to me a little bit. And I was like, yeah. eh, okay, whatever. You know, you're, I'm here. I don't care. I'm not. Yeah. And he said, oh, I can't wait for them to play Revelations. And I was kind of like. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I like Revelations, you know. And then something else happened. He said something. And then I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next thing I know, he pulls his phone out and he's trying to show me the set list. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, 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 dude. Uh-uh. Um, but there was something I was going to say about him. Uh, oh, but he said, oh, they're going to rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. I remember when he said it, I went, oh, they're doing rhyme of the Ancient Mariner? Kind of. I love the song, right? Yeah. 
But in my mind, I was like, you know, I'd, I would almost rather hear three five-minute songs, you know, or at least two five-minute songs. And then, yep. but when y'all played Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, because it's, it's kind of like, I love the song, but it goes, you know, you you know, you know, can waffle on your opinions. You know, one day you love this one, next year you're like, ah, I don't like it as much. Yeah. But when y'all played it, and I mean, I caught myself in the moment, you know, just I, like I thought about it. And I was just like, I am absolutely loving this. I was just like going crazy, you know, it's just because it's like, there's, it's so good. Yep. You know? Um, so, and obviously like you, now you might've already said this, but I was going to ask you anyway, but y'all did flash the blade mm-hmm. when, when me and Matt saw you. And that's the one song where me and him physically made eye contact during that show where we were both looking at each other like, Oh my God. And you know, like I said, when y'all played it, it was like, um, you know, the na 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 And then I'm going, nah, he's just goofing. <laughs> and then the drums came in and I was like, they're still goofing. Well, we were not going to play flash of the blade. Uh huh. The, the second show that you saw. Okay. But knowing your reaction to it and then knowing that Matt was going to be there, yeah. I put it in on purpose. Y- you want to know what Matt said to me today? <laughs> he said, I like to think that they played that because I was going to be there. But he said, I don't want to be that self-important. And I go, because I told him. Um, it's true. I told him, I said, I said, you know what was funny? And I was saying this because, you know, people know Matt on my podcast too. I said, it's funny because I said, when they, I said, when Chris was talking to you, he was acting like you were a bigger deal than you meeting him and or vice versa. I said, he just goes, I think it was just cause he had never met me. He didn't really, it wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> He's no, trying it to was think. a big deal. Matt, I know you're going to listen to this. <laughs> it was a big deal. I mean, first off you're, you're on the podcast with Steve and you know, both of you guys like Iron Maiden. So, you know, you guys are going to always yeah. talk about Iron Maiden and, but you drove from Kansas City to see the show, so to me, that's a big deal. It is. We it have is. people. We have people drive up from Houston and San Antonio to see our show. Yeah. And I always tell them, hey, make sure you come up and say hi because it's a big deal that you drove all that way to see an Iron Maiden show. Yeah. Those both of those cities have their own Iron Maiden bands. Yeah. But for whatever reason, they don't seem to play out a whole lot. Okay. Down there, and we <laughs> seem, you know, during the regular season, uh, we seem to play out quite a bit here in the last few years. So they want to come up and see our show. So I'm appreciative of that. Sure. And so for Matt to do that, and you know, you played that little coy game with me about uh, saying, oh, I have special guests. I know who you were talking about before <laughs> yeah. I even asked you about it. I told him about it when we were on the way and I said, he said, oh, Matt's coming. I said, I didn't say that. And he goes, yeah, you did. He <laughs> kind of did. <laughs> I was, I was more doing that on my, on my page thinking maybe I could draw somebody to come that yeah. might be on my page. But yeah, I, I didn't even think, I really wish I hadn't have done it after you realized it. Cause I was like, it would have been better if I would have shown up with Matt. So, so Matt, if you're listening, <laughs> Flash of the Blade was added to that show just for you. Oh, Matt, 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 Matt. And then Matt, if Matt was here right now, he'd be like, the check's in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man! So you did say about Flash the Blade that the harmonies were really cool in there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I to- and I totally agree. That's one that it's almost. Um, I always use the words minor key and major key because I don't know a whole lot about you know people when they'll talk about a guitar tuned in E, they'll call it what do they call it um, standard tuning. Well, they'll say standard, tuning, but they'll, they'll they'll use a number. They'll say like oh four forty. Yeah, they'll say four forty, and that really throws me off every time. So I always use either minor or major key because I understand a little bit about it. But to me, like that's major key, right? Flash the blade. It, yeah, that's that's in. Uh, it's happier. Yeah, it's happier. So oh wait, Chris is gonna. <laughs> oh, come on, you got to get a little acoustic guitar sitting here. So here's yeah. an acoustic guitar. Maybe we can get a little flash the blade. Ah. Oh. That's in D, so... Okay. 
There you go. Oh, that's so cool, man. But yeah, that that. Something like that. I haven't played it in a while. Spur of the moment. I'm going to embarrass myself. Yeah. Put yeah. It down. <laughs> You'd be like, when I get done, you'd be like, cut that out. Edit yes. that out. Edit that out. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. But that's cool, man. It's like, okay, so, you know, you do the Aussie thing too. Mm-hmm. And I told, I was telling Matt the next day, and maybe, maybe it was a different friend of mine. I said, man, I'm, I was right at the front of the stage and five feet away and you're standing there, you know, and you're playing it and all that stuff. And I'm just like, it's so cool. Like, and at that point I'm going like, man, you're kind of friends now. I mean, you know, yeah. we've met and I'm like, I have a friend that can play guitar that awesome. I was like, this is, and just watching it, you know, it's always cool to watch somebody play. Yeah. And, and especially someone that's really good at what they're doing. And, and, oh, it's just so cool. But that's, um, that's like me last night seeing Zach play at, oh, yeah. at BLS here in Dallas. That's, you know, I'm standing, you know, about 10, 15 feet away from him yeah. watching him play. And yeah. I know all the songs. Sure. And, you know, you're waiting, you're waiting for the mistakes. Uh-huh. That never come. <laughs> so let me ask you this. That's an interesting question that you brought that up because we don't have to just only talk about Maiden. Mm-hmm. So you're watching Zach play, mm-hmm. you know, somebody that you play some of his material. Mm-hmm. So what are you like? What do you when you're watching him and you're close enough to see his fingers and all that? What do you like? What are you paying attention to when you're watching someone like that? Um, A lot of times what I'm going to pay attention to is mostly the solos. Okay. Uh, and but I'm paying attention to if there's a particular part of a solo that I'm unsure of how he plays it. Okay, I'm gonna pay real. I'm most likely I'm gonna video it. Yeah, because I want to watch how he plays it and sure. go and and come home. This is I had this discussion with uh, my girlfriend. She I said you know every time I go see a show like this, it makes me inspired. I want to go home and play. I don't care if it's midnight. I want to put <laughs> yeah. the headphones and the little you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, my little Tom Schultz rock man on and start playing because it's inspiring to watch someone that good play, whether it's Iron Maiden or whether it's, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. So when I see him play something that I'm not sure and I have it on video, I'm going to come home and figure out what he's doing. Gotcha. Because gotcha. I want to play it like he does. Yeah. You know, because it sounded right, you know, and there's a lot of economy of motion in guitar playing instead of trying to play things where you're, you're playing stuff way up here and then, you know, way down here or whatever. Yeah. You're going to try to play it in a, in a smaller space because you're not moving, especially with right. Zach, who's singing a lot. Yeah. He's going to play things really close because he doesn't have to move a lot. Yeah. Because you can play different notes. And I mean, I'm not a guitar player or very, very little, but you can play like the same notes either on different. Yeah. You can play them on different strings. Like an E. Then you can come up here. It's just an octave, just You're on just a different. Doing, okay, I gotcha. Yeah. yeah, that's that's cool, man. So that's interesting because yeah, I like when I watch guitar players. Like, okay, like I'm up there watching you play, and I'm going, and I'm watching your your fretting finger, mm-hmm. you know. And but then it, sometimes you're. You know, like if you watch, like to me, if you watch a rhythm player, like if I'm watching, say, or well, when you're doing it, I like watching the, like say someone like James Hetfield or somebody that just has that, incre- like Scott Ian has that incredible, yeah. you know, that's really cool to see that stuff. But um, so the next album came out. Did you see Power Slave Tour? No. Okay. The next album came out. This is an interesting one because obviously, you know, the difference on Somewhere in Time, you turn on the album and the guitars are the guitar synths yes. and they have like a really, really sweet, sweet sound. Mm-hmm. What do you at this point? You're playing guitar four or five years, possibly, probably, right? Mm-hmm. So, what are you thinking when you hear that? When you get it, <laughs> I'm thinking, what are those guys smoking? <laughs> because I'm thinking, you know, 
you, at that time, you know, Marshall, and even even today for the uh, for a lot of it, Marshall was king. Mm-hmm. And so you're used to Iron Maiden playing a bunch of Marshalls. Sure. And now they're not playing Marshalls now. They're playing Galleon Kruger. Okay. And, you know, it's it's and not a, the and same. And that's an amp? Yeah. Okay. That's a he- I'm and sorry. I just don't know. That's that's at least what I heard they were playing okay. on that album. And so I was like, what are you guys smoking? You yeah. know, you had this great tone. Yeah. Why would you switch to this? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, ultimately... You know that that album is still great. Yeah, it still sounds great. It's just in in the in the industry you 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 hear what's called processed. Okay, yeah, I've heard that. You hear the sound is over processed or it's too processed, and yeah. that's what I got from that album is the the guitars were too processed. Okay, a um, lot of lot of and but that was stereotypical for uh, a case in point with uh, Priest Ultimate Sin. Oh, okay. That that the way that sound, that album was recorded mm-hmm. was over processed because yeah. that was the way people did it back at that time, and it was the same thing with the Iron Maidens. Let me ask you this, okay? Because I've had I did a review on my podcast of uh, the Ultimate Sin. Mm-hmm. I've done well. I've done from I've done Blizzard Diary, Ultimate Sin, Bark at the Moon. What do you? Uh, how would you rate the production of Ultimate Sin compared to Blizzard of Oz? Overprocessed, because I love I love the way it sounds. It, it, it sounds I will say that what I do and don't like about it. I like that you can hear every instrument. You can mm-hmm. hear the bass really well. You can hear the drums really. You can hear the guitars really well. But they sound really weak. Like the like the bass. Like there's no real bassy sound to it. It's just but you can hear it. So I like it. But yeah, okay. I I think the you know not a knock on uh, Phil Susan, but I I just think he. Every bass player is different, and they set up their rig and they get their own tone. Sure. And you know, it's hard for somebody like Phil to compare to Geezer Butler. Yeah, yeah, you know? or even um, Bob Daisley. So yeah, that, so. I mean, you're just not going to get that same tone. But I just think that's the way those albums were recorded back then. Yeah, yeah gotcha. and when you get the over processing, <clears throat> listen to an original CD of Ultimate Sin, and mm-hmm. then go listen to the remastered. Okay, and. Gotcha. You'll be able to tell the difference because they took a lot of that over-processing out okay. for the remaster. And that's why they remastered it that way is because it was so over-processed. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of guitar parts in there that you can't hear very well because of the over-processed. Interesting. That, I, I think <laughs> I have heard that at some point, but it's been a while. Because I remember, no, I heard Bark at the Moon, the remaster. Bark at the Moon was, was perfect. Well, but the remaster was different. There was like yeah. added. There was either added guitar parts or taken stuff that was taken away. That it was really weird. I haven't. It's been a while, so yeah. I, I don't remember. Well, I, I don't know when they remastered "Bark at the Moon," but if it was after the Jake split with Ozzy, oh, definitely was. Yeah. Then, I, then I think that's probably going to be. They threw that in there as a big f you to Jake. <laughs> sure, sure. Now, okay. Speaking of somewhere in time album. Uh, and I've only seen you guys twice, so and I know I think on your web page. You have a big list of songs. Yes. And I remember seeing like Caught Somewhere in Time on there or whatever. Yes. But I haven't, and I don't, I didn't, once I saw the list, I literally, it was the same as when that guy showed it to me at the show. I was like, I don't want to see all this because I want, I want to be surprised at every show somehow. So I wrote down two songs that I was going to ask you if y'all have ever considered playing them. And if you're the one that does the set list, then I'm asking the right guy. Yeah. Have you ever considered Deja Vu? No. Or Sea of Madness? No. Okay. Here's my, I'm saying it on my podcast. So the fact, I'll just say it like this. The fact that I'm asking about them, I would love to hear either one of those. That would be cool. 
We, I, you know, I'm not. I would never rule it out, but yeah. that would be pretty far down the list because, sure, sure. like, like right now, um, you don't have to to explain it, Dovey, to me. I just no. I'm just, I'm just saying we we've got a couple of songs that are on the that are high on the list right now of, of new songs we've okay. never done before. Don't tell me. <laughs> I love okay. the element of surprise. I love okay. the surprise. Right. Like. I had a feeling y'all would do Sun and Steel when Matt was there, but I had, you know, the Flash of the Blade was just... That was added for Matt. Man, that was just... Hey, Matt, I have to say right now, thank you for coming now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I threw in stuff that we hadn't played in a while, like Phantom of the Opera. You Killers. Yeah, well, we, we play Killers almost every show. I love Killers. I love Killers. Um, what about Innocent Exile? Have y'all ever done Innocent Exile? Yeah, we we do <sighs> Innocent Exile. Cool. We just hadn't... We had played it two shows prior so we had taken it I had taken it out of the set list have y'all I mean surely y'all play Running Free at some point right Uh, we have played Running Free in the past we've also played Iron Maiden in the past and they for whatever reason they just don't go over well and so we we haven't done those in a long time but we have played them it's weird because I mean I know Maiden I know they're always going to play Iron Maiden but I always would have thought Running Free would be a great I mean would always be in the set list and it seems like it's been gone for a while now so I just me personally, I'm not a big fan of either one of those songs. I guess because of me uh, getting in on Live After Death, you know, and on yeah. Live After Death, that was when they did the sing along and all that. And yeah. that, you know, so it's special to me, even though Live After Death, and you may not like this because you're a, you're, you're more of an 80s era fan. You're <laughs> what I refer to as a classic era fan, even though you're not, but we're not there yet. But I don't rank Live After Death as my favorite live album by Maiden, which okay. some people don't like, but. I like it though. I mean, it, it's very important to me. That's the first thing I ever had by Iron sure. Maiden, so it means a lot. Yeah. But I think Bruce sounds bit. I think he sounds tired on that album. He kind of sounds worn on that album. But either He's way, been on tour for a while, so yeah. Um. Okay. So. Um, okay. So the next thing is out is Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, mm-hmm. and. You know, you turn seventh son of a seventh son on, and they have the seven deadly sins, seven ways to win, all that. Mm-hmm. And then you get the keyboard. What are you thinking when this is? When you I'm hear thinking this? that Bruce is uh, Bruce is eating his words because I remember an interview on MTV where he said keyboards have no place in. in yeah, the guy's like, I wanted. I did. I did a whole. Uh, we did the Somewhere in Time album review, and every episode, because it was before Somewhere in Time, and he, some guy says, I like heavy metal, but I would like to play heavy metal with the synthesizers, and Bruce goes, ah, you can't play heavy metal with synthesizers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're right, he ate his words two albums in a row. But, but I will say, to me, him eating his words is no big deal, because he's Bruce Dickinson he with Iron care. Maiden. He yeah. doesn't care, yeah. but as a fan... Didn't bother me one bit because it just added a little a layer. Yeah, yeah. A, exactly. It added a different layer to it, yeah. and to me, that intro to Moonchild is cool. And you have know. you ever heard the Flight Six 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 version of it? Uh, I've seen Flight Six Six, but I'm not remember because they do the they do that do 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 on guitar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I and, know what you're talking about. And they said because Adrian, I think Adrian, I think Adrian co-wrote that. But they were said we were trying to do it on guitar, but it, we couldn't work it out at that point. And then later on, they just, I guess they figured it out. Yeah, it's its its probably not hard, but. Yeah, yeah. That's cool, though. It's all good. I mean, nowadays, you got more and more people are using tracks. And right. it wouldn't bother me one bit if they were using a track on anything, because first yeah, off, yeah. it's Iron Maiden, and I don't care if they're using tracks or keyboards. It's still Iron Maiden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, when they play like Aces High, I always find it interesting. That, but Aces High either opens the show or may open an encore. Yeah. 
But I always find it interesting. And, and Judas Priest is very, and I was talking to someone about Judas Priest doing this recently on, you know, the song, The Hellion. Yes. They never play The Hellion. They're not playing it. It's a, it's it's, a track. It's a, it's a track. And then Maiden yep. does the same thing on Aces High, which I yep. get it. I get it. But I've always wondered, like, has Maiden, I, I don't, I don't know if they've ever played that. I don't know if they've ever well, played it live. I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, we used to do it live. Okay. And for whatever reason, we just seemed, me and the other guitar players seemed to not be able to come in. It comes in on a weird timing. Yeah. And we just seemed to, and, and so we we would have shows where we would get off on those yeah. and it just, you know, you're like, oh, that's like fingernails on a chalkboard. Yeah. So we're like, well, it must be the reason why Maiden themselves yeah. don't do it either. So we're just going to do the intro like they do and because it's, that's what they do. It seems, it's, I mean, I'm not, I'm not playing it. So sure. me, me saying this is, but it seems like you could almost do a, We've, dun, 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 we've dun, tried dun. the counts. <laughs> we tried a four count. Yeah. We've tried a you know. We've tried everything. And this idiot reason, here trying to tell you <laughs> it's just not. It just doesn't work. And so we would sit there and think, why is Iron Maiden not doing it? Maybe they're having the same problems that we are. Right. So right, therefore, right. they just say instead of messing it up and having the audience go, oh my god, this is terrible. Because sure. trust me, I've heard lots of tracks of them playing live where they made mistakes. Oh yeah. yeah. And so that's what I think. I. I I, and I'm going to believe that yeah. until somebody tells me different, that the reason why they don't do that intro is be the same reason why we don't do it. Well, and it means more coming from someone like you who does this. You know, you do play guitar. And you don't just noodle on guitar. You can actually play these songs. So mm-hmm. um, now at the after Seventh Sun Tour, did you, had you, see, did you see them by that? Did you see them at all at this no. point? See, that's the first tour I saw. Okay. I saw them... Uh, July 29th or July 31st at Tarrant County Convention Center mm-hmm. with Ace Frehley opening, which was cool in a way right? because I was a Kiss fan. Sure. But I think Wasp opened on that tour as well, and I would have much rather seen Wasp. <laughs> yeah, so would I. I was a huge, huge Wasp fan. I, I still love Wasp to this sure. day, you know. But um, now, after Seventh Son, uh, they're working on their next album, which was No Prayer for the Dying. And depending on who you believe or who you ask, Adrian and Steve had a falling out. Adrian was asked to leave or Adrian said he was going to leave one or the other. So no prayer comes out. No Adrian Smith. When you find out about Adrian Smith leaving the band, because being a guitar player, what what were your thoughts? Well, my first concern there was Adrian, I think, from a guitar player's perspective, Adrian is that was mine okay adrian it seems to write the in my opinion the cooler type solos sure and also wrote some of the cooler songs okay or at least him you know him and steve versus him and dave he writes a lot more too yeah so so i felt like that that's not going to be good because he had a a lot he had more of the writing credits Mm -hmm. and he wrote more of the cooler songs and he wrote more of the cooler leads okay so it was like, ooh, that 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 could be a problem. Um, I had already kind of checked out with them on Seventh Son because okay. there's some cool songs on there. Don't get me wrong, sure. But it wasn't like Power Slave. It wasn't like uh, Peace, Peace of, of Mind. Mind yeah. Um, and certainly wasn't anywhere near Number of the Beast. <laughs> okay. And so I had already kind of checked out at that point. So when I heard that Adrian had left, I was like. 
So I listened to that and I was like, uh, and you can tell Adrian's not in the band anymore. Yeah, sure, sure. And I'm not going to go into any more after that because I, I had you. fully checked out by then. I knew they were still playing. I didn't go see them play. The first time I saw Maiden play live was the, is it the Final Frontier? Okay. About 2010. Yeah. When um, Dream Theater opened for them. Okay. Because I'm a huge Dream Theater fan. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, I'm going to kill two birds with one yeah, stone. Yeah. Unfortunately, that was the tour that they didn't play any of the golden era stuff oh, until the end. I would have loved that tour. <laughs> and I left. I saw Dream Theater. They got 45 minutes. They played like three songs. Of course. <laughs> but I, I was so happy to see Dream Theater. Yeah. I was up close, which yeah. was nice. And uh, so when Maiden came on, because I hadn't stuck with it, I didn't know the songs that they were playing. And yeah. so I'm like, it's like listening to some band you've never who heard. Who is this? Yeah. Who are yeah. these guys? Yeah. And I'm wanting to hear, and I wasn't expecting to hear all Golden Era stuff, yeah. but I was expecting, you know, throw in one or two here or there. Yeah, they, and they yeah. didn't. Yeah. And so then... When they got to the end, I was walking to the car and I heard him go into Iron Maiden and I was like, oh, okay, now you're going to play something <laughs> at the end of the show. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was none too happy. But then I, I, I learned later on, it wasn't very much longer after that, that they had stopped doing all the new stuff because in America, <laughs> people were getting... By that time, people were posting their set lists on, yeah. on the internet yeah. and people stopped buying tickets because they were mo a lot of golden yeah. era people saying... I don't want to go see this because the tickets were expensive and I don't want to pay money to go see her songs that I don't like or have never heard before. You see, I would have loved that. Sure. I mean, there's lots of Maiden. I've I mean, learned that. There are yeah. two types of Maiden fans. Yeah. There are the ones that like everything, yeah. no matter what, and there are the ones that only like the Golden Era stuff. I mean, I'm honest about what I like and don't like, mm -hmm. but but I, to me, if I, go to a, if I went to a Maiden show and they didn't play Number of the Beast... I recorded every song at the Legacy of the Beast on my phone. Yeah. Except one. I did not record Number of the Beast because I'm just like, it was almost like that was the one song where I just kind of stood there. Yeah. I was just like, you know, I mean, it's on every live album. I like the song. Don't get me right. wrong. It's a great song. You know, The Trooper. I never get tired of The Trooper. Trooper is <laughs> too incredible. Well, everybody's got their own taste, you know. But I also, but I'm like, I want to hear stuff that I had, like, like, like I'm not the guy who goes and sees your band and goes, oh, I can't wait for them to play Revelations and Rhyme Nation Mary. I'm the guy who says, man, I can't wait for them to play Sun and Steel and Flash of the Blade, the ones that you don't get to hear. Yeah. So either way, though. So, um, oh, and, and, and if I was going to request a song from No Prayer for the Dying, which you may not have even remembered this song, but the song Mother Russia is really cool from No Prayer for the Dying. It's not one that you would probably get a request for, but... Okay, but I I was talking to a couple of guys on a uh, yesterday on a, on for a Judas Priest podcast, and um, the guys like you know I'm not really a huge Iron Maiden fan. You know one one of the guys loves Maiden, the other guy doesn't. Yeah, and the other guy's like you know I don't really love them, but man, there's one song I really like by Iron Maiden. It's called Mother Russia, and I'm like, huh? Like that's just an odd pick. And I was just like, I love Mother Russia too. So okay, so I'll, I'll have, have all to, of these. And then I'll have to go listen to it. It's pretty, it's it, like when I hear it, I think of Russian troops marching. It's like, it's just, so when I think about Russia, you know, like when I think about, you know, when you, when you mentioned Egypt, what am I thinking of? The cover of Power Slave, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, okay. So Fear of the Dark came out. You were, you were just completely checked out at that point already. Bruce left the band. Mm -hmm. You didn't. Now, what did you think of Paul Diano? I didn't ask you about that. What did you think of him? Cause you were a fan after he was gone already. Yeah. What did you think when you heard him? Um, 
I thought he was okay. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, I can't stand those first two albums, you know, mm-hmm. or anything like that. I, I thought he was fine. The other guitar player and the singer, they're both huge Diano fans. So in the beginning, we had, we had not arguments, but we had discussions about, you know, yeah. because most Golden Era people don't know too many songs off those first two albums. Yeah, that's kind of weird. And, you know, it's, it's typically from Number of the Beast through Seventh Son, Seventh Son. It's yeah, typically that. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, you know. Yeah, I got you. I got but you. I like I like Killers. I, lo- I love Murders in the Rue Morgue. Yeah, y'all played that when we yeah, saw y'all. That's great. Um, we've played Innocent Exile. Yeah. Um, we've played Phantom of the Opera, Running Free, and Iron Maiden. Now, Mike wants to do um, Transylvania. Okay, instrumental. Yeah, and because we don't really do instruments, we haven't since I've been in the band, we've never done an instrument. Okay, and so he's thinking about doing something like that. And I'm like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll put it on the list. But yeah, there's other songs I really wanted to hit. Um, yeah, and now I'm, because we're talking like this, I really there's a song. don't tell me the songs because I'll I still want to be surprised. I don't yeah. know. You could tell but me. It's off. It's off a of piece of mind. Okay, and uh, so. Anyway, there's... You've a, already mentioned that one to me before. Yes, I know what you're talking about. That. And then we've had lots of calls. Somebody... <laughs> I'm going to tell you this one anyway. Somebody else besides you has requested um, Stranger in a Strange Land. Okay. I didn't request that. I just showed you a poll. Okay. Yeah. You showed me a poll. That's right. I was like... I like the... Don't get me wrong. I don't like the song. It's got, that's got one of Adrian's most incredible solos. Now, let me ask you this. Because in the band, you play... Your part... Is the Dave Murray stuff more more so? Yes, and and Mike does the Adrian stuff. Yes, but you already said a minute ago that you kind of you listen to Adrian and his solos are you know obviously he writes more melodic. His from what I've heard Dave Murray and you can you can probably tell me this from what I've heard Dave say, I know where I want to start and I know where I want to finish and the middle is just wherever I go. Whereas Adrian's like I know where I want to start and I know where I'm going here 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 and I know where we're going to finish. Yeah. So you play Dave's stuff more so, mm-hmm. but would you prefer to play Adrian's stuff or? Um, no, I mean, Dave's stuff, is, Dave's stuff is good. I mean, uh, I, I get to play some of Adrian's stuff because we don't strictly stick to, you're playing Dave's parts and yeah. stuff like that. We'll, we'll swap. Okay. Um, it's just, Mike, is, Mike is kind of the, the leader of the band. It's kind of his band. So, yeah. you know, Mike will, Mike had already learned a lot of solos, so there was no point in him right, learning right. the other solo just because it was, you know, Adrian's solo because he's doing the Adrian part. Gotcha. Yeah. So there's we have several songs where we mix over like that. So to me, I'm just happy to be in an Iron Maiden tribute band that's really good. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And and so playing Dave's part, you know, it's easy. Yeah. It's it's not any easier than than Adrian's part. It's just it's easy and I'm just happy to be playing Iron Maiden songs. Sure. I got you. I got you. So they go through the nineties, you know, which is obviously Maiden's, you know, leanest years. Cause there's a lot of stuff that happened in the nineties, obviously mm-hmm. with, you know, when you had music like Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Stone Temple yes. Pilots and all that, you know, when it changed, which I, I don't really like to say it's the grunge thing because it, I thought of Nirvana when I, I remember hearing smells like teen spirit the first time and thinking, yeah, it's a really good song. It's, it's rock and roll, yeah. but it was different. And it, and a lot of people, I it guess, was the people that wrote it, their differences as far as differencing from differentiating yeah. from grunge wearing, you know, 
you know, Clothes. camo shorts and combat boots and flannel shirts yeah. as compared to Ozzy of the late 80s where he's wearing the sequin things yeah. and the big hair and all yeah. that other kind of stuff. Just such a departure. But but also like with Maiden, so you imagine, you know, Martin Birch quit. He, he stopped producing after Fear of the Dark. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge, huge yes. thing of their sound. You know, there's a lot of, you know, Steve Harris had a lot of personal problems. So he was writing some really dark, dark lyrics. Yeah. And, you know. Your lead singer leaves. Adrian Smith is gone. So there's a lot of, you know, it was a very lean time. I enjoy it all. I mean, now do I rank the 90s albums? If I'm ranking all 17 albums, those 90s albums probably round out my bottom four. Mm-hmm. But I still enjoy bits of pieces of all of them. Sure. Um, now, so in two, 1999, Iron Maiden announces that Bruce Dickinson and Adrian Smith are coming back to the band. What do you remember thinking at that point when you hear that? I was thinking it's about time. <laughs> now I don't know if you know this, but I I was researching one time, and I, this amazed me. And because you live around here, you'll get it. Nobody else that hears me, unless they live in Dallas, Fort Worth, will get this. In 1999, the re- revamped Iron Maiden played the Bronco Bowl. I did not know that they pl- I, I'm What I think is they probably had a show scheduled with with the Blaze era, uh-huh. like they just had it scheduled, and they were just like. Well, let's just use these dates. And I'm thinking, I saw Ozzy there at the Bronco Bowl once on the No More Tears before the album came out. Uh-huh. And then I saw him at Starplex as well. Okay. But I can't imagine seeing Iron Maiden at the Bronco Bowl. I can't either. That's incredible. So did you get Brave New World when it came out? No. No? I, I, honestly, I literally have checked out Okay. Once after Seventh Son of the Seventh Son. I had other people telling me, hey, you know, even guys in the band, hey, this new Maiden album came out. And yeah. They didn't like it. So if they didn't like it, then I wasn't even going to bother to listen. Um, but, you know, now that we're putting in new, newer songs and I'm running into more and more people like you that want to hear the newer stuff, even if it's just one song. Because y'all did play Wicker Man. Yes. We, we've incorporated Wicker Man and, you know, it gets a good response. Yeah. So, so you know, I'm more open to that. You know, Tears of a Clown. Somebody, I told you this before. Somebody requested Tears of a Clown. Oh. I think it was that girl on off, off oh. Facebook. And I'm oh. like, I went to go listen to it. And I was like, yeah, that's... I, I understand you like it, but we're never going to play this. If I was picking songs from that album, that would be song 11. Yeah, you know, sure. And there's only 11 songs. So, <laughs> You know, and getting back to the original question that you asked about picking songs and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's really... I have to I have to walk that tightrope of yeah. stuff that we want to do that gives us that fulfillment of hey we're playing these songs because I like it or you know whatever and keeping you know making sure that people want to come into our shows because they want to hear those golden era songs. Well sure, yeah. And so I try to play, you know, 75% golden era, 25% of, you know, B-side stuff that people want to hear sure, from man. the golden era. Yeah. But I want to keep throwing in these newer songs, you know, I would love to play Sinjitsu. It's just too long. Yeah. I love the song. Well, like something like uh, you're talking about the new album would be like um, Stratego. Yes. Stratego. You know, that's, that's kind of a, uh, that's on the list to learn. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to, I don't, I mean, you don't have to take this for what it's worth. My challenge to you is because my goal, you know, like you want as a podcaster, you know, one thing I always like to do is, and as a music fan, you always want to introduce people to something they've never heard before. Go do like I got Matt to listen to a few albums that we've reviewed. 
And um, like one of them was a metal church album, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Blessing in Disguise from like 88. Okay. And he listened to that and he, he had never heard it. And he was blown. He's like, I can't believe how much I like this. It's so good. Yeah. I'm going to challenge you. Because my goal, like right when you said all that, I'm going, because I'm figuring surely he's at least listened to these albums. So my challenge nope. is, my, my, in my mind, I'm like, I want to get him to listen to these albums. Brave New World was the first one. And if, and I'll, I have Brave New World, I've listened to it all the way through. So okay. Okay. I've got so you covered on that one. For me, like if I'm, if I'm ranking, if I'm telling you, if you ask me, rank your 17 Iron Maiden albums from best to worst, I, it's really hard because I suck at ranking stuff like that. But I can tell you, my top two albums are both after in that in the new era. Okay. My top two. Okay. And there's probably songs that I like, like like I mean, if I'm ranking my top ten Iron Maiden songs, I mean, it's it's impossible to think about ranking them. You know, like you going, Power Slaves, an incredible song. Yeah. The Evil That Men Do, which y'all played that one too the first time I saw you. Yeah. <sighs> incredible song. You know, Moon I've had I've had hardcore Maiden fans say they're sick of hearing that song too. The evil that men do. Yeah, that's one I've never sick. Have y'all ever done Infinite Dreams? That's one of that's on the list. Ooh, man, that would be. <laughs> they played that on the Seventh Son tour, and I saw that. They've I don't think they've ever played it again. And even when they came through in 2012, they did a revamp. It was called the Made in England tour, which Made in England was the Seventh Son tour released on VHS way back. Yeah. And they came, you know, they redo their tours and they came through and they redid that whole tour. They did not include infinite dreams. And a lot of people are just like, Oh my God, what do I got to do to hear this? Yeah. I have heard a band play it before uh, a cover band, a maiden, uh, um, the iron maidens. They okay. did it once and blew me away. Cause I'm just like, you know, anytime I hear these things, I'm just like, be still my beating heart, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Have you ever heard of dance of death? I've heard of it. Heard of it? Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, I li- that's the album I listened to on the way here, okay. and there was there was me and you. Uh, I think the, one of the last few, we've talked. I don't know four or five times on the phone, and we have. I told Matt that how we talk and how long we talk, and he goes, "I think you've met your match." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but we we were discussing. You were saying because, and you you said at the beginning how much you loved and how much the harmonies are what drew you in, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I'll, um, Tuss, I totally love that stuff, but I've just kind of grown with the band and I'm happy they're around and making music and all that. And there you were, and I told you about the new album. I said something and you said, there's no harmonies on it. And I remember I went, you know what I'm going to do? Like one day last week, I was like, I'm going to listen to this album again and I'm going to find all these harmonies and I'm going to write all the, the the markers down of when they do these harmonies and I'm going to text you and I'm going to say, listen to this. Listen. So I, I listened to the whole new album. How many harmonies do you think I found that were like legit guitar harmonies? Zero. I found two on <laughs> the whole album. Like 70, 70, 82 minutes of music. And I was like, I mean, I still think there's great songs, and there's I believe, I love Sinjutsu, the whole album. I think it's great. Okay, okay. I really do. But I was just like, you know, it'd and been I, a lot better if it had harmony. Yeah, I, I, and it really boggles my mind because you think with three guitar players, you can have the harmonies going and the rhythm underneath it. So it's well, it, let's back up just a second because the Power Slave, yeah, has three part harmonies on it, yeah. and of course that's long before Yannick, but sure. They had three-part harmonies on there. So if you wanted to play Power Slave correctly, you would have all three guitar players playing an individual harmony together. You're not going to hear it that way, probably. They do it some on certain things. It's 
my ears aren't as good at catching that, some of that stuff. But so what, let me ask you this. Cause uh, what do you, what are your, what's your take on him on Yannick? You say Yannick, I say Yannick. So, yeah. What do you, what do you uh, think of his guitar playing? To be honest, uh, and I'm sure it's going to make Uh-oh. a lot of main oh fans upset, but oh boy, I do not like Yannick. I wish he would leave the band. <laughs> I loved Iron Maiden. That's when I fell in love with him. Yeah. Even going backwards. Sure. I just, I love the two guitar players. Yeah. You know, even, you know, with the first guy, you know, I, I, I just loved it that way. Um, but I will say, I, I do think that Yannick adds something to the show because he's the guy that fights with Eddie on stage yeah. and he throws his guitar around and he's, he's more flashy. Yeah. And so I think that adds something to their show because a lot of times Dave and Adrian don't move around a whole lot. Yeah. And so the only people moving around is, is Bruce and Steve. And so you, yeah. now you've got a guitar player that's moving around, interacting with Eddie, you know, more so than the other guys do. So I think that adds something to the show. But yeah, I, I, I don't know how much I haven't paid attention, but I don't know how much Yannick is writing. He write he's written some really good songs with him. Like yeah. like he 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 uh he wrote Stratego with Steve. Yeah, and so, so I'm just not a huge fan. Gotcha. That's okay. I mean, and, and I'm just you know I, I just being honest. I, I would love. You know, if it would go back to just Dave and, and, you know, I, some, some, I've gotten in, in arguments with people on Facebook for real <laughs> about not liking the later air stuff and not yeah. liking Yannick. And yeah. I get to the point where I get frustrated sure. to the point I say, look, the only reason the guy, the only reason the guy's in the band in the first place is because Bruce made it. He has to come with me or I'm not coming back. Mm-hmm. And so that's my struggle is the only reason why he's in the band is because Bruce forced him. Well, he joined after Adrian left. Like they, yeah, but but he had a, Yannick was playing with Bruce solo. Yes. So then, whenever Bruce, uh, when they were gonna, you know, obviously he was just like, well, look, I've been working with this guy, and he played with um, was it Ian Gillen? Is that the guy who was in Deep Purple? Yes. He was in. He played in Gillen solo stuff right. before that, and so, but for me personally, now I'll say, if 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 he would have been out of the band or left the band or whatever, whenever Adrian came back. I mean, it wasn't like, I'm not hanging on any of those guys. Like I love Iron Maiden. Right. And if he's in the band, I love Iron Maiden. If he's not in the band, I love Iron Maiden. If I'm ranking my guitar players that I like the best, solos wise, I like Adrian, Dave and Yannick. But every now and then, Yannick has some incredible solos. But I'm just, my ears aren't as good. Like, I can always tell Adrian's. His are the most recognizable. Yeah. But um, I'm, he's, he's written some really, really good songs with him. So. I, I'm sure. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, that yeah. Yannick is not a good guitar player. Yeah, yeah. He certainly is. Yeah. I, I just, I, I got used to the oh, yeah. Dave and, and, and Adrian yeah. thing. And that's just what I would like to see. It doesn't bother me mm-hmm. that he's in the band. I'm, you know, it's just one of those things where their music has changed, and it, you know, in some instances for the better. Yeah. But I just wish we could get back to the these two guys playing harmonies or three guys playing harmonies. Yeah. I wish it would go back to that because that's what draws me in. Senjutsu is a great album. I yeah. like it. Yeah. But yeah. you got three guitar players that you don't need. You only need one to do Senjutsu <laughs> because there's no real harmonies in it. It's it's it is that is I mean that does frustrate me. But I, I mean, like I said, I love it, but it frustrates me. I can, I can, and I'm, this is my, you know, I'm not the kind of guy that like, I did a poll recently, right? I told you about this poll I did. It was, yeah. um, you know, are you, would you consider yourself a classic era 
or a all-era fan. And 82%, like I said, said all-eras. And one guy came on there and he said, and, or somebody came on there and said, you know, F all these people that are only classic era fans, you know, and, and then guy goes, this, some else came behind him and I said, no, 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 no. I said, the way I look at it is that's half of the, that's half the career of Iron Maiden is the classic era. I said, they're halfway there. They, they love Iron Maiden. They just don't love the new stuff. So I said, we all like what we like. If, if you don't like what I like or someone else is like what I like, that's okay. You love Iron Maiden still. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're, we're on equal terms. I mean, there's no, there's certain bands that let's go. Cause a lot of people get pissed off about it. They'll say, well, how could you not, how could you like number of the beast and then not, you know, in all those albums and not want to stay with the new stuff. And I'm just like, you know what? I don't like it per se, but I get it because I don't buy all the new Metallica albums and stuff, but I love ride the lightning and master of puppets and injustice yeah, for all. And the same exact point. You just made the same. Exactly. Point. Exactly. So I understand it. I get it. I also have that one added extra Uh parameter, Uh which is I have to to do shows that are going to attract people. Well, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and And it didn't bother me at all. I was, if you wouldn't have played even Wicker Man, uh, it's cool to hear live Iron Maiden. I was like, I love that stuff. I came in during, I mean, I think Power Slave was still the current studio album out when I got into Maiden. So, and that, that's why it blows people's minds when, when I say I don't like Live After Death the most because I'm, that, that's the first one you heard. So, yeah, you know, and... You had a whole bunch more music to discover after that. Yeah, and I, but I love it. Yeah. I love Power Slave. I love Peace of Mind. I, I love death, uh, Dance of Death, which I listened to on the way here because I was making fun of somebody about it the other day. <laughs> um, and, um, okay, so, so, you, how many, so have you only seen Maiden the one time? Yes, the one time. The one time that you walked out. Mm-hmm. Oh man, you should have went to the Legacy show. They, <laughs> they 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 did it all. Well, and and let me back up just a second. There was there were times I'm going to believe that there were times that I was gonna go, uh-huh. and I either had to work or I had a show. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I've had it happen multiple times where Ozzy's come to town and I didn't get to mm. go because I had a show yeah. with the main band mm. or vice versa. Oh, that's tough, man. And you That's know. a pretty yeah. I had tickets. I actually had tickets to a show uh, when I came and saw your band, the uh, the Blizzard of Oz. There was a there's a young real. I don't I don't listen to much new music at all. I mean, I listen to new Maiden, new Ozzy, new yeah. whoever I like. But there's a a young band from New Zealand that played at the um, what was that place? What's that place called that y'all played? Amplified, mm-hmm. and they're called Alien Weaponry. Okay. They're 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 not normally what I would listen to. But I, when I was there seeing your band and I went to buy my ticket to get in, I saw a poster for them hanging up on the wall. And I've got one of my co-hosts, other co-hosts is from New Zealand. And so he, that's where they're from. And, and I discovered them and we've just, and I was, saw that they were playing and I bought a ticket. It was Wednesday night. I had to work till nine o'clock Wednesday night. So I wasn't able to make it, which was frustrating. Right. So yeah, that sucks missing shows like that. So, okay. So you play in Maiden, Texas. Now, how, how about if you kind of, Tell the story of as much of the story of a band as you feel like would say. And like, when did when did Maiden Texas actually start? Uh, I wasn't in from the beginning. I, I've been told by those guys that they started in two thousand four, which was a year before the Ozzy thing started. Okay. Um, but in two thousand and ten, uh, the singer I was at a show. I think it was at a Queen for a Day show, and 
the singer Anthony approached me and said, "Hey, would you be interested in playing in an in an Iron Maiden tribute band?" And I was like, "Heck yeah, I would." <laughs> and he, you know, related the story that you know they they had to let their other guitar player go. Yeah, and we've seen you play in the Aussie band, and you know we think you would be a good fit. And okay. I was like, "Heck yeah, let's do it." So it was really funny. That indoor show, that was an indoor show okay. back then. It was called Firewater. Okay. That was an indoor show, and the very first show that I played with with Maiden Texas was on the same stage <laughs> at that place. Oh, cool! That that he asked me to do it, and it it was it was surreal because I'd done the Aussie thing and I was used to that, but trying to keep those harmony parts together with the Maiden thing for the first show was was what was the first song y'all played when you were in the band on stage in front of people? Oh, I, there's no way I could remember that. <laughs> okay, there's no way I could remember that at all. I no. Of the band, I mean, because I think I've met, I, I didn't meet Mike. You said it. So he was he was one of the original guys in the band. Yes. Him, and, and the bass the player, and the singer of the originals. Okay. And so Pat is the bass player, mm-hmm. and Anthony's the singer. Yes. So you and the drummer um, are the yes. guys that are, okay. I came next. The drummer came last. Okay. So, um, okay. Now, so was I going to? Now, you told me um, that you kind of... You, and, and okay, you may not want to share this or not. I don't know. But you told me you kind of, you got in the band and you were taking care of the show's booking and all that for the Blizzard band. Yes. And then after a certain amount of time, you got to doing that with Made in Texas as well. Yes. How did that, how did that happen? <laughs> Do you not want to talk about that? <laughs> no, no, that's okay, fine. Okay. okay. Um, just, I think they had seen, because at, at that time, the Aussie thing was, was fairly big. Okay. And because we were the only Aussie band in town. And so we were getting really good gigs. Okay. And so they were kind of like, well, we want to play those gigs. Because when I first started playing with Maiden, we were playing some really small gigs for, for little to no money. Okay. And I told them, like, you know, look, guys, this isn't going to work for me because there's a lot of practice and rehearsal and going driving to rehearsal and buying yeah. strings and all this other kind of stuff for these shows to make $20. Yeah, you know, yeah. I can't do that anymore. And so sure. they're like, well, can you book? and get us the same shows you're doing for the same price. And I'm like, yeah, I can, but we're going to have to make some changes here. Yeah. Yeah. And with the way we do things, because you can't at that time, it really wasn't a tribute band. It was just what we call an appreciation band. Sure. Four dudes getting up in, you know, jeans and a t-shirt playing Iron Maiden, which really isn't too far off of what the real Iron Maiden was (laughs) doing at the time. Right. But I can't sell that as easily as I can do the the full blown tribute thing where we're dressing up and playing the right guitars and yeah, everything like that. Sure, I can't sell it. And so I said, if you guys are willing to 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 work with me on this, and it's it's been a process. I'll sure, talk sure. to you about that offline. Yeah. But yeah. it's been a process to get to that point. But yeah, it just got to the point where Anthony would you know try to book, and Anthony just doesn't you know understand the the character for. For lack of a better term, that you have to play when you're talking to these sure, booking agents. I can totally, I can totally understand how what you mean because you hear about, I, well, you hear so many horror stories and music of bands playing and either not getting paid or getting stiff. Just, just lots of, you know, mm-hmm. oh well, you didn't draw what we thought you were going to draw, so we're only going to give you half or this yep. that. And you got to really be a, uh, you just got to almost. You know, whenever I think about a band manager like that, I always think like someone like Sharon Osbourne, yeah. who don't put up with nobody's crap, even if it, that's even if that nobody's crap is Iron Maiden themselves crap. She yeah. didn't put up with Bruce Dickinson's crap, and yeah. you know, you probably heard the story about oh, that, yeah. <laughs> which is controversial in itself. Yes, the, the way yes, she handled I, it. But yeah, um, that's now you you told me a while back, and and now I think I don't know if you just said this, but you were in the band, 
and then you left for a while, mm-hmm. made in Texas, because you moved for a job. You moved out of state, I believe. And then you came back. When did you come back and actually, like, you've been there from when till now? How many years has it been? Uh, this is 2021, so I guess I would say um, 20... Gonna make me do math here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's good at playing guitar. Math, yes. not so much. <laughs> no, I, I, actually, I'm good at math. I'm just, I'm just trying to remember dates now. I know. I'm trying to figure out. I, I think I came back in 2016, maybe 2017. Okay, so four or five years. So it's been four or five years. Okay, but that was part of the. That was kind of the impetus for the whole. Ep- evolution of yeah. taking it from, hey, we're just going to get up on stage and play to, we need to put a little more thought into just it. trying to do it. And, and try to, because, again, you can't sell it. If I do this, we can get bigger shows, we can play in front of more people, and we can make more money. Now, and now this is interesting because I remember the first, I think it was the first time we talked on the phone. Because, like, meeting you in person, it was just like we just kind of chitty-chatted. Yeah. But you you said, because um, I, th- I thought it was it's cool to hear kind of, because this is the first time I'd ever talked to somebody in any kind of a band, really, that was out playing real gigs. Mm-hmm. And what kind of things do you think of when you think, we got to change this up so we can get more gigs? We got to do certain things. What what kind of things are you talking about? Well, again, when you compare our Aussie band versus the Maiden band, you know, I'm all dressed up as Zach Wilde. I'm playing the the right guitars. I've got his cuffs. I've got his boots. I'm wearing a kilt. You know, <laughs> I'm going the whole... It looks like Zach Wilde on stage yeah. as much as I can look like. Sure, that. sure. Um, you pull it off well. <laughs> thank you. Uh, I try really hard for that. Um, our Aussie guy looks like Aussie in the face for real. Anytime yeah. we're in a, a, a different city and we get there early, yeah. And if we go out anywhere, someone inevitably will come and say, "Man, you look just like Ozzy Osbourne." Because he wears the the, the round, round John glasses. Style glasses. But he, he does kind of look like Ozzy in the face, and he wears that shirt with all the tassels, the fringe. Yes. Yeah. Um, but with the maiden thing, you know, if you're just going to do five dudes up there wearing, you know, jeans and a t-shirt, yeah, you, it's kind of like that for maiden, for the real maiden, mm-hmm. but it's not. But for me, the bigger deal was the stage show. Sure. We're not playing, you know, I was the only one playing the, the correct guitar. Okay. You know, the other, no one else is doing that. No one else is really dressing up. I got, I talked Anthony into dressing up a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, I talked Pat into doing a little bit more. Um and let me, let me say, because uh, when I first saw you, and I know that not everyone notices this stuff, but I remember immediately before y'all came on stage, because I didn't I didn't know what y'all looked like at all mm-hmm. or nothing, but I remember seeing Anthony walking around, your singer walking around stage, he had a beanie on, and anyone that's a big Iron Maiden fan of the modern era knows when I say this, and a shirt that said Psych Ward, mm-hmm. which is, I believe, when he first came back in the band, that's what he was wearing on stage, and I was yeah. like... Okay, I, I mean, I, I like I caught that, and so it, those things are noticeable. Yep. Well, and and that's the whole point is th- there's a, another local tribute band here, um, and John, if you're listening, this is about you. Uh, John Inman plays in Def Legend, which is a tribute band to sure, Def Leppard. Sure. And they started out really small and no stage show or anything like that, but I think over time they they realized that the the, the bigger, better stage show that you put on. The more you try to dress the part, the more you try to become that role, yeah. uh, even to the point of being an impersonator now, to that know, level. I've never seen them before, but 
how how accurate is the drummer? I mean, is he playing with two arms? <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, that's that's one. That's, uh, just a, that's just a joke in poor taste. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, joke in poor taste. <laughs> but he he kind of you know got me to say you know hey anything on stage is better than nothing. So if you're just sure. going to throw two half stacks on stage, yeah, and that's it. Yes, people are going to come see that, but just think about how many more people would come see it if you would put something on stage that is a stage show like what they've done. And they've grown their stage show a little bit over time, sure, bigger and bigger and bigger. And now they have this huge, really awesome stage show. And so it's kind of like I was always taught in business that you find the successful people and do what they do. Sure. And, you know, uh, Ross Perot said, you know, I always surround myself with people that are smarter than me. Yeah. Because that way I get all the, I, it's not a, a bad thing. I get all the credit for what these people are doing. I, sure. I show that, share that credit with them and say, Hey, sure. these are the people that are responsible for this, but I'm the one that's, yeah. that's making the decisions to hire these people. And it's kind of the same thing with this. The more you do, the more people are going to come see you. The, the bigger shows you're going to get in town, out of town, whatever. Yeah. And you're, you're going to get more people to show up, which means more money. Yeah, sure. And so this is what they're doing. They're successful, so follow what the successful people do. Yeah. That's what I've done, and you were there. Yeah. You saw it. Yeah. And people now are still talking about the stage show, even when I post new pictures of it today. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you said that about Ross Perot saying surround yourself with smarter people, because Matt said that's why he wanted to be on my podcast, because he wanted to be around smarter people than them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Matt. That was a cheap shot. We all, I, I was talking about uh, some people, and I said, well, if they're the Bill and Ted, what does that make me and you? He goes, uh, dumb and dumber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said, that's a good description of us. Yeah. <laughs> so um, now I wanted to, I did want to ask you specifically about, about Frank, because I met Frank at your last show. You had told me about him. He's not only is he, he's your guitar tech, mm-hmm. but you had a chance meeting at a Made in Texas show. Yes. With a guy named Frank. What happened? All right. Frank, this one's for you, bro. Uh <laughs> We played a show at, at Amplified. It wasn't called Amplified at the time. It was it was still Gas Monkey Gas at the Monkey, time. Gas Monkey, yeah. But we played a show, and I walked inside after the show was over, and there was Frank with a bunch of his buddies, and he was like, hey, man, you guys play a great show, and blah, blah, blah. And that particular time, we did not have an Eddie at all for okay. that show. Okay. We had had random people yeah. volunteer to do Eddie, and right. um, <clears throat> but it wasn't you know as good as we wanted it, as, as good as I wanted it Sure, to be. sure. And so he said, do y'all have an Eddie? And I said, no, we don't. As a matter of fact, and he goes, man, I, I would like to do it. And I was like, really? I said, okay, are you a huge Iron Maiden fan? He goes, I'm the biggest. And okay. I didn't realize that until much later, yeah, but yeah. he is, yeah. if not the biggest, he's one of the biggest Iron Maiden Iron fans. Maiden, yes. Yeah. And so that, that worked out. And, but he was very open to, Hey, let's do some costumes. You know, okay. uh, this is what I want you to do. One of the things, this is one of the funniest parts with Frank is Frank was really nervous the very first show. Sure, I mean, he's sure. got a mask on. No one knows who it is, right. but he's still very nervous. Yeah, yeah. I and so you. I had to tell him before the show, I was like, okay, I need to tell you, whatever you do, do not touch the musicians when you're on stage because you could accidentally make them mess up. And yeah. and that's not what we're going for. You need to be separate from the band yeah. per se yeah. when you're interacting with the audience when you come on stage. I said, on songs that you're not on stage, go out into the audience. 
Well, the show's over. The very first show that he did, Eddie Ford, the show was over. And he goes, I didn't go out to the audience. He said, I just didn't know if I was okay with doing that or not. And I was like, why? He would have been so great. But back to the original meeting. So he's like, I would like to do it. And I said, okay. So we started talking. And, you know, we, we kind of exchanged, you know, email or text messaging yeah. you know, messages and stuff. Yeah. And then he, he, he kind of was like, well, yeah, I really want to do this. And I said, all right. So we, had, we already had a whole uh, treasure chest of Eddie stuff. Okay. And, but Anthony had misplaced it. Oh, no. So the very first show, Frank's having to run out and, and get all this stuff. And he did, a, he did such a great job. And I was just like, just make sure, especially during guitar solos, don't go, don't go to the guitar players during yeah. the guitar solos because yeah. that's when we're most concentrating. Sure. And, sure. but he's, he's been so great, not only being the guitar tech, but he's been so great as doing Eddie because he's just into it so much because he just loves Iron Maiden that much. Yeah. And, and so he's, you know, we've over time bought more and more costumes and it's, it's been pretty expensive to buy some of the costumes that he's I had, can imagine. but you know, it's added. And I told him, I told you this before, I told him before he ever walked out on stage for the first show, I said, if you play this right in a very short period of time, <laughs> you will be more popular than anybody in the band. Yeah, exactly. And that's already happened. Yeah. And he's only been doing Eddie for you know, six, nine months now. Okay. And, but because everybody, if you're a Maiden fan, even if you're not a Maiden fan, who wouldn't want to get their picture taken with Eddie? The the show that I saw you guys, the first one at Amplified, and you know, there's, a, there's a balcony. And mm-hmm. I was up at the balcony because I was like, you know, I'm not trying to run to the front of the stage. I don't want to, because in my mind, I'm just thinking, I do my podcast and I really, I want to stay away from everything. I don't want any, I don't want to draw, not that I'm going to draw attention to myself, but sure. I, I want to make sure I'm not trying to do that either. Cause I'm, I'm real cognizant of that. I'm really trying mm-hmm. to be, if someone walked up and said, Hey, I see you wearing that hat that has a podcast on it. Do you, where'd you get that? Like, yeah. Oh, I made it. It's me, you know? Yeah. But, um, I remember watching the show from up there and the first time he came out, I'm like, Oh, cool. You know? And then he got in the, and he was taking pictures of people and I was like, that's really cool. You yeah. know? And he came out in a lot of, I'm not, I don't want to name them all because it's, yeah. but he came out in a lot of different, you know, probably five or six different Eddie's, yep. you know? And I'm like, that's so cool. So then the next time we saw you guys, and you know you had told me about him, and so I and I knew who he was because I saw him at your Blizzard gig. Yeah. So I knew who he was. So when I saw him at the uh, the the Halloween gig, I went up and just walked up to him. And I'm like, "You're Frank, right?" And he likes he looks at me like this dead serious, like, "Yeah, yeah." Like, "Who are you?" <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, hey, I'm Chris's friend. I'm the guy who did a podcast." And he goes, "Oh yeah," and so we start talking and talking. Yeah. And he's like going, yeah, yeah, you know, I, you know, and, and pulls his phone out and starts showing me all of this Iron Maiden memorabilia. And then after a minute, I turned, I was like, Matt, come here, you gotta see this. Yeah. So he's showing me and Matt everything, and um, super cool guy. And then yes. I just said, man, just just please, and involve my daughter, like take your picture with her, whatever, because yeah. And he did. There was a, I got one picture where he comes up and you know, these iPhones now where you take a picture with them and it takes like a live picture. Mm-hmm. So you can, when I took it, you can kind of see her reaction before and after. And he came up one time behind her. Cause we, at one point he was, he was doing his thing. We were standing here and he walks up and kind of puts his arm on her shoulder and she just glances and it's like killer's version of Eddie. And I remember it scared the crap out of her. It just, <laughs> just startled her. Yeah. And like, I took the picture and like, as soon as the picture is fading out, you see her just go, <laughs> scared the crowd like put her hand on her heart so but yeah he does a really good job i mean yeah. he he and- was he's been a godsend not just from the guitar tech part 
but for the Eddie thing, he he is so good at doing Eddie. I finally got to the point, and it didn't take very long, that I just, you know, Frank would like, okay, what song should I come out on? And I said, Frank, I trust you completely. Yeah. That's cool. You, you come out when you want. I said, we, obviously, we, you can't come out on every song. Sure. But come out. You figure it out like a third of the songs. Figure out what costumes you want to wear. Do what. And then when you're not on stage, go out in the audience because people love that stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of thing that people go mm-hmm. home. They're posting it on their Facebook page. Look yeah. at this picture with me with Eddie from yeah. Maiden, Texas. Or that's what they're going to tell other friends, other fans of Iron Maiden. Yeah. You got to come see this guy because this, the Eddie was great. Look, here's the picture. I mean, I well, try to. Let me say this about him because this was, I thought this was very nice of him. You know, I talked to him before the show. Mm-hmm. Y'all did the trooper mm-hmm. and he obviously came out as a trooper. He didn't see us and he came over afterwards and he already had taken the mask and everything off. And yeah. he saw me and he goes, do you want to take a, you want me to get a picture with your daughter? And I said, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. And we're just standing there watching y'all play. And I see him, he runs back there and I see him grab the mask and he's throwing it on as fast as he can. And he's doing everything to get it just right. And I'm like watching him going, he's doing this for one picture with my kid. Yeah, and that really—that's Frank. I was like, "That's that's class act." That's Frank. He is—he's just the best. That's all I can say. And I love you, Frank. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Frank. Iron Maiden Podcast at Gmail dot com. Email me. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I'll talk give to, you his phone number. Yeah, you need to when we leave. I, I did talk to him about it. And he was up for doing this because oh, yeah, I was like, I was like, I want to come to your house and see your stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. I think that might be everything I was going to. Okay. So, so what's, what's happening moving forward with Maiden, Texas? Well, right now it's uh, the end of November, right before Thanksgiving. And we don't, uh, usually mid Thanksgiving through February is kind of slow because a lot of the outdoor venues is just too cold to play. Sure. And so we don't want to run the risk of it being, you know, 32 degrees outside because, I, I know I can't play. That's too outdoors. cold. No one wants to sit in a gig like that. Right. Yeah. No one wants to stand outside for that. Any, um, yeah. anyway, but, um, so right now we're kind of in a, in a down mode. Everybody's doing their own thing, getting ready for the holidays. Cause most people have a family. Sure. Most of the guys in the band, Frank and I are the only ones in the band that don't have a family. Okay. And so, you know, he's, He's got his family that's in Mexico or wherever here in Texas. So he goes and hangs out and I have my family that's here local. Yeah. Um, Right now, you know, for me, I'm working on some other projects at this time, but yeah. right now there's really nothing going on with the Maiden thing. We've, we've talked about phase two of the stage show. Okay. And, uh, but, you know, until we get that next gig at a place like Amplified, yeah. it probably won't kick into high gear gotcha. until that happens. Okay. Um, you know, if somebody calls and wants to do a, wants us to do a gig, obviously if it's an indoor, yeah. I just last night, uh, not last night, the night before, <laughs> Um, was at uh, the Revel in Frisco, and I was talking to him about booking uh, Maiden Texas and Judas Rising as a double bill. And Ooh, he said, that would be cool. He said, email me, so I, I need to email him. Yeah. But he said, unfortunately, they're booked through the rest of the year already. Okay. And so it probably wouldn't be until, you yeah. know, February before we would get that show together. But still, that's indoors, so I'm good with that. Yeah. So I have, I have like maybe three or four questions left here. Okay. Quick, some more, is there quicker ones though? Okay. So you, 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 you play the Zach stuff. Yeah. You know, in the Aussie thing, you play the maiden stuff. Which do you like to play better? <laughs> can, can you answer that? Um, I, I can't really answer that, but it's for different reasons. Sure. 
I enjoy the Ozzy thing because you know I'm going full costume, mm-hmm. and you know Zach is so revered, you know, in the, in the guitar playing Big world, time. and time. so to be able to even come close to playing same licks that he's playing is is really cool and, and fulfilling in that matter. Sure. But it's it's more of the show there. Yeah, the main thing I enjoy more because for a couple of reasons. One, it's not as hard. Also, there's another guitar player. Yeah. So if I make a mistake, a lot of times I'm it's covered. <clears throat> sure. By sure. his playing. That's cool. Um. So it's it's just I'm more relaxed with that. Uh. The main stuff's a little easier, and I'm not dressed up in all this garb and cuffs and things that make it a lot harder to play. Um. You know, I'm able to just be really more so me. Yeah. Gotcha. Than than anything else. So it's easier. Um. And therefore, it's a little more fun because I can roam around, do a little bit more stuff with that yeah, because sure, sure. I'm not so much worried about, oh, if I make this one note mistake, everyone's going to hear it. Yeah. Um, so I, I like doing them more. I, I have to say, I do like Ozzy and his music a little more than the Maiden stuff. Okay, okay. But I, st- I love Maiden. You know, I'm, yeah. I was so happy to hear that Sinjitsu was was as good as it is. Yeah. Even yeah. without the guitar harmonies. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But I was so happy to hear how good it sounded because I'd heard, you know, so much other stuff. Sure. You know, bits and pieces that I was like, oh, man, I just I just don't like it. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, it's it's they're equal, but just just different reasons. I got you, man. I love I love Ozzy. And I love Iron Maiden too. I mean, obviously, I have a podcast about them. I, if I'm counting bands, I would say they are my favorite band. Mm-hmm. But funny enough, I'll always tell people my favorite vocalist of all time is Rob Halford. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But I like Iron Maiden more. So, sure. um, a, a twofold question. I mean, this might be the same answer because I want to ask you. I'll ask both of them at the same time, so you'll know. What's your favorite Iron Maiden song to listen to, and or to play? Okay. Uh, it would not be the same. Okay. A favorite song to listen to is probably Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Okay. It's long. It's got, it, 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 mo- mostly because of the story yeah. that's behind it yeah. and how they crafted the music to match the sure. storytelling part. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> favorite song to play, <laughs> Two Minutes to Midnight. Okay. okay. Off the same album. Yeah. So that that might that might actually lead into my very next question. It might already answer it. Okay. What is your favorite Iron Maiden album? <laughs> Did you already answer it? No, to be honest, it it has changed. It used to be Power Slave. Okay. It's no longer Power Slave. I really like Number of the Beast. It's a good album. That's a good album. From start to finish, there's just nothing bad on that. There's a I don't know if you saw this. If you haven't, you need to look it up. Um within the last six months mm-hmm. Adrian Smith went on he, I don't know where he posted it you, but I saw it on YouTube he went and basically turned on the song Gangland and sat there and played along with the whole song you know mm-hmm. playing guitar playing guitar pieces because he co-wrote that with Clyde Burr yeah. and he sits there and plays along with it and he messes up a little bit here and there and you can see his face and he laughs and but we he's all ha- mess up he's having so much fun doing it it's such a cool watch sure even though Gangland isn't you know, the most regarded song by Iron Maiden, but you watch it and he, you just, it's so cool just to see him doing it and having so much fun. He's playing in this little, just in this little, looks like a little closet he's sitting and playing. It is really cool. So, yep. so I guess, man, on that, I will, uh, I appreciate you having me come over to your, letting me come over to your house sure, and sit here and 
talk Maiden for almost probably two hours and yep. taking up party night, even though I know your beloved Dallas Cowboys got beat earlier. Oh, you, you have to edit that out. <laughs> I, I'll say this on here, too, for, just for Matt, because I told Matt earlier that I was going to come talk to you, and he just said, and I said, but I, I mentioned what I said to you about the Cowboys earlier, and um, he said, he goes, well, you're going over to Chris's house? And he said, yeah, he goes, well, and because Matt lives in Kansas City, he goes, well, if the Chiefs win, tell him I said hello. <laughs> yes, Matt, your your team your team won. But <laughs> so seriously, though, I, I I'd appreciate you taking the time to do it because it's sure. it's it's always cool to talk Iron Maiden. So oh yeah, oh yeah, and definitely get Frank on his his uh, time with you will probably be much more interesting than mine. I'll get I'll get his number from you when we get done here. So yeah. cheers, man. All right. there you have it. Another Iron Maiden story is in the books. I hope that you enjoyed hearing Chris's story, the story of a musician who loves Iron Maiden, who loves to play Iron Maiden. So, and not just on a CD. So I enjoyed talking to Chris. He's a cool dude. Uh, he has a cool dog. His, his dog was very hyperactive while we were there. He had to, he had to kind of put it up, but once it got let out, that thing, that thing, Sarah, I didn't tell you this, Matt. Sarah and that dog really hit it off well. Sarah really liked that dog. She did? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, I didn't announce this yet, but um, there's a new official, I don't know if I'm going to say official co-host. You know, your 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 dog neighbor is is kind wow. of like a, 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 you know, a third party co-host on your side of it. So, but. The there, dog. <laughs> There might be a new third-party co-host uh, on my side. There's a new member of the Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden. Uh, there's a, n- a new member of the Uncle Steve's family over here. Uh, it's uh, it's named Halo the Cat. So Halo. Yeah, that's that's what my son named it. My son found a cat, a little kitten, in a parking lot, uh, kind of laying either under his tire or behind his tire. I guess it was cold out or whatever. And rather than just putting the car in gear and running over it, he... He decided to bring it home. So uh, this is the feel-good story. This is a feel-good story. It's the week of Christmas, you know. It's a feel-good story for you, for all the the uh, regulars. And uh, maybe someone's just trying us out for the first time, Matt. And they hear this, and they're like, I don't know if I like these. Oh, my God, his son <laughs> saved a cat. I love this guy. So my son, the the awesome kid he is, he picks the cat up, him and his friend. Two 17-year-old boys, mind you pick a cat up rather than running over it. If I was 17, I know what I would have done and it wouldn't have been picking it up. (laughs) Um, So I take the, you know, he comes home with the cat. So my wife and daughter bring the cat to a shelter because, you know, you can tell it's had spots on it and it looked pretty rough. They take it to a shelter on a Tuesday. So it's at the shelter Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. On Sunday, two weeks ago from today, we went to the shelter and brought it home. 
Everyone so, can uh, use a little shelter, can't they? Yeah, we all need a little shelter. You know, just I was a, wondering if you were going to pick it up. A pick little, up what I was just down. a little helper to get us by. Right. I was sitting on that for the last minute. I couldn't hold on to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you're throwing out a little Cinderella at me. So I was going. To, I was going to. That is my least favorite album, by the way, by them, Heartbreak Station. So, mm-hmm. although there are about four songs that I love on it. So yeah. outside of that, so we brought the cat home. I, I, I know I hate to be waffling here, but I think people will be interested in this. Brought the cat home, uh, and it had a uh, heart, not heartworms, uh, ringworms which gave it these spots all over it, right? And so for the first, let's see, we got it on when, uh, Saturday. Uh, sorry. They said it had to be on medicine for seven full days because ringworms apparently can be transmitted from an animal to a human. So we, we basically had to put the animal in my kid's bathroom and just get rid of everything in the bathroom and leave it in the bathroom for about four days. But the cat has gotten out, and let me just say this, Matt. I don't know if you know this or not, you know, but most people that know me know that oh, Melissa's going to really, Melissa may never talk to me after she hears Well, she will, because I say, all of my life, Matt, I've hated cats. Hate, hate, hate. Cats are like the country music of animals for me. And, but the fact that my son saved this animal's life, it's done something to me. It's changed me in a way. I don't know how. I don't know why, but it has. So, you know. So the and 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 Matt for some God God only knows reason. Guess who the cat always wants to sit in their lap when they're in the living room? <laughs> oh, I told you about this. We had a stray yeah. here, and I was it's, like, "You've got to pay attention to it because if you don't, you're going to be the one that tries to get affection with." It's always me, it, it, and it, it, Sarah loves the cat too. Noah likes the cat. My wife is the one that's not really happy about it right now. So is that right? That surprises me. Well, because he climbed. She, not he. She climbs all over everything, oh. and she has it. We haven't had her claws trimmed or her nails trimmed or whatever. Are you talking about the cat or Annie Steve? <laughs> Annie Steve. She crawls over. <laughs> she'll hear it. <laughs> Actually, she'll never hear this because I even told her. I even said what her Christmas present was on. She'll never hear it. Um, but she doesn't like the cat climbing up on the table. She doesn't like the cat, you know, clawing on furniture and things like that. And I get it. I get it. But I'm just kind of like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just had this really soft spot for it because of, it all goes back to my son. You know, if you remember the, the story I told about my son being born uh, last year on the Christmas episode. So, but anyway, that I, when I came upstairs and shut the door, I could hear that cat. Right there with his mouth right below the door. Meow, meow, meow. <laughs> so, but, um, so yeah, Halo the cat. So I was, I, I tried to pull for like Felix. I thought Felix the cat would have been a good one, you know, since there's a cartoon. But so if I come around your house again and I walk in inside and I go, hello, cat, will you think I'm greeting it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Pretty smart. Oh, let me say this. I think that went over your head. No, I get it. Halo, hello, I get it. Oh, there you, you are there. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. That's why I said, yeah, she'll get it. Because um, cats, these, let me tell you, cats, and I've always considered myself a dog person, mm-hmm. but cats are a lot smarter than dogs because we. this cat was living on the streets, right? You know, Or if you want to quote Chris, it living. was out on the streets for a living, right? So it goes to a shelter and comes and lives in our house after it's been living on the streets. And 
day one, time one, it gets in the little litter box and craps in the box, pees in the box, whatever, without no training whatsoever. No training, zero, zilch. And that thing's going to the bathroom in a... But we get a dog, and the dog pees all over the rug, it craps in the house, and you have to really work hard to get a dog to do his duty outside. At least the dogs we've ever had. And this thing, and so that really endeared it to me. I'm like, wow, we don't have to worry about crap on the road. I'm sure that, you know, I know they can get sick and throw up and stuff, but wow, Matt, how's this for an ending of a show? <laughs> uh, where, where do we go from here? Should we really care? The end is finally near? The end is finally here. I thought I said the end is finally here. God have mercy. Let's get this thing over with, Matt. Okay, so. With all of that said, Matt, <laughs> all of that, all of that, you know, waffling. Maybe we should change this to uh, un- <laughs> Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Waffle Zone, you know? <laughs> you could. <laughs> Uncle Steve's Waffle Zone. So, yeah. So, seriously, though, uh, on behalf of myself, on behalf of Chris from Maiden, Texas, on behalf of my co-host, Matt. Iron Maiden. Eddie, Halo the Cat, the Cat Shelter where it was, (laughs) Spider-Man, ooh, Uh, I don't know who else is in there. Batman, the Green Goblin, the Green Goblin, Um, Dirt Man, uh, Dirt Man, there was was a guy that just made a dirt in the movie. (laughs) Dirt Man? Dirt. (laughs) Is that what you said? Dirt Man, yeah, I don't know what his name is, I can't remember. He's just this big, he's made of like sand or dirt. The Sandman, that's what his name is, the Sandman, sorry. Uh, that means as much to me as what Dirt, dirt Man did. <laughs> that was his, that's his official name, Dirt Man. So anyway, go ahead. From um, from the Incredible Hulk, from 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 Spider-Man's uh, girlfriend, from... The Jetsons? The Jetsons, yeah. We From Gumby. Scooby? <laughs> <laughs> Now we're Radio. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should call it a night. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Happy landings. Yes. in life are bad they can really make you mad other things just make you swear and curse when you're chewing on life's gristle that grumble give a whistle and this'll help things turn out for the best 
And always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life. If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you've forgotten, and that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing. When you're feeling in the dumps, don't be silly chumps. Just purse your lips and whistle. That's the thing. Ain't always look on the bright side of life. It's quite absurd, and death's the final word. You must always face the curtain with a bow. Forget about your seat. Give the audience a grin. Enjoy it. It's your last chance, and out. So always look on the bright side of death. I just before you draw. I know, I know what we should do now, Matt. What should we do now, Uncle Steve? Um, you went from I know to some sort of uncertainty. Okay, I know now. Hold on, now I know. Oh, I didn't play right. Hold on. Okay, I didn't see that coming. I'm gonna edit it now. Oh dear Lord. <sighs> That's a lot, man. <laughs> On the fly. I like that whole <laughs> don't be don't fall for a cheap imitation. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say that once I thought of it. You know how you see the poses you, and Yeah, exactly. The poser politicians that are going around and telling themselves that telling you that they're official. 